Hey everybody, Timmy here with a trigger warning. <laughs> this particular podcast is a conversation with my good friend, Kyle Haas. And both of us have come out of the evangelical Pentecostal church. And we talk very openly and honestly about our experiences and what we thought, what we believed. And if you're a Christian, I respect that. I still have a lot of good Christian friends in my life, even some good Christian pastor friends. So take that, what we say in this podcast with the grain of salt and also good humor, sarcasm, satire. There's a lot of different things mixed into this particular episode. Uh, clearly I'm, I'm not an evangelical Christian anymore. And, um, this is my honest journey. It's one thing I've done consistently in this podcast since its inception back in June of 2020 is I speak honestly and I don't plan on stopping that ever. Um, so there you go. That's my, that's my trigger warning for those that are, that are Christian, uh, really just a normal Christian wouldn't be bothered by much that I say, but if you're an evangelical Pentecostal type Christian, um, I definitely talk pretty disparagingly about that. So fair warning, enjoy the show guys. Timmy gives them so. <laughs> Kyle Hass, my dear friend, how you doing, brother? Not too bad. How you doing, man? <laughs> it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. I'm so glad that we get to chit chat and catch up. Yeah, it has been a while. I'm glad, happy to be talking with you. Yeah. So, uh, are you still? Are you still uh, atheist, or are you? Are you? Did you repent of your sins and return to <laughs> the? Did you go to the altar and get saved? No, uh, maybe again for this year on April Fools. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, none of that. Not yet. I think as time goes on, the more and more doubtful I become. Right. Yeah. Much I, to maybe the dismay of my christian circle but right. yeah yeah they're they're hoping for it i you know i've been yeah. uh as you know you know as a wedding officiant i i still officiate uh you know christian weddings or weddings for catholics or um and i'm very you know very open and public about my stance i, I i've come full circle right and i think you you probably never were where i was where I kind of got no, real angsty, so. angsty towards Christianity. I I've left that oh, whole oh, thing, gotcha. and and uh, I still have some really good, you know, Christian friends who are very committed to their faith. And my goodness, hey, like I uh, I support that a hundred percent. You know, it's kind of like yeah. one. I heard a debate one time, and and it might have been Christopher Hitchens, and he said, "Listen, I I, I don't really care what people believe." just don't tell me that I have to believe it, you know, yeah. and, and don't try to force your beliefs on me. And you know, the funny thing about that is 
That would be true of someone that's a Christian. If they were talking to a Hindu, they wouldn't like that Hindu trying to say, hey, you're wrong. I'm right. You have to believe what I say, because what I have is the actual word of God. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you really yeah. flip it back um, around. <laughs> not many of them are big fans of Muslims, usually, in my experience, either. So when they kind of do hear that sort of thing, they're, yeah, they're not. They're not real amenable to that. Yeah. So have, have, has there been any, um, has, have there been any developments in your, your spiritual or f faith journey or just your life journey? Have there been any things like, do you, do you study, uh, this stuff still, or is it only when I call you and say, let's talk on the podcast that, <laughs> that, that you um, think or talk about this stuff? Well, I mean, lately, especially with things like school, that's kind of taken up more of my, my thought life for sure. But I'll definitely go through periods where, you know, I'll just spend hours of researching and kind of get lost because I'll, I'll kind of I'll kind of like hyper fixate on the topic. And so I've learned a lot of the you know stuff that I've talked about is just one day, hey, I wonder what that's about. And then I just research it until I understand it. But I, I did find world religions and uh, religion in general to be very interesting, especially because uh, I do a lot of like Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. So looking at mythology uh, is really uh, a good sort of tool to be creative in those areas. I also like writing short stories as well. And so I think classic mythology and literature is also interesting. And in the process, I've learned a lot about the actual beliefs and religions from around the world. Which have been around for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands yes. of years. There are plenty that are definitely older than Christianity uh, yeah. and Judaism. Which, you know, you would think, just in my, my logical mind, and hey, let me just put this out there. If you're a Christian listening to this, hey, you do you, and, and maybe it's maybe it, maybe it is true, right? Maybe, maybe me and Kyle here are just complete buffoons, and we've left the faith, <laughs> and we're going to you know, spend eternity in hell. But I—, I uh, um, the, the one thing that I've found curious is just that idea of how long we know humans have been on the earth and, yeah. and therefore to be a literalist, meaning you believe everything in the Bible is actually factually true. I don't see how that, I don't even see how any intelligent person could could actually still hold that view. I mean, I don't have a problem with you believing in Jesus, being a Christian, believing in heaven, hell, like all of that stuff. I really can wrap my mind around that. I really can. Um, <laughs> but to be a literalist, because I was a Christian literalist, and then I got, then I was a Christian, and I was, I wasn't a literalist. Um, yeah, where the Earth wasn't created in seven days, but you still believed. And, you know, an God older type idea. Right. Yeah. yeah. I believe God did it and God created Adam and Eve. It just, it wasn't 6,000 years ago. Like I, you know, I still believed all that stuff. Um, so I, I realized there's different spectrums of Christians. And so uh, just someone could be listening to this podcast right now. And they're like, well, Timmy, I don't believe that Adam and Eve were literally the first two humans created 6,000 years ago. That's, re that's ridiculous. When I'm like, exactly. Like, I don't see how, I don't see how people can still believe that when we don't like think that's not true. We know that's not true. What, what is yeah. that leap? Like, how do people maintain 
which I think an evangelical perspective is is literalist. I don't think you could be an evangelical and not. I think that's part uh, of what they believe. Is it is it not or not necessarily? I mean, I was technically an evangelical, and I would I believe in theistic evolution. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely changing. I would say, uh, especially within my generation of believers. Um, and definitely probably younger. I'm sure it's even more of a thing now than when I was in it. Uh, but I don't know. There's also pushbacks that come too when that stuff starts to pick up. So then you have kind of a resurgence of some older ideas. But yeah, I mean, I definitely think that old earth type stuff was becoming more and more uh, prevalent. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I don't know anymore. Most of my friends, I would say, are probably old earth, but they're still open to the idea of a young earth. uh, Yeah, because there is that thought that God created it old. (laughs) It's like it's like a new antique. (laughs) You know, it's like he made it look old. Why? For reasons. (laughs) Right. Put the fossils in it. I I heard that one time. I can't remember who it was. It was some pastor. He was talking about how, you know, God, God can do anything. Right. God created the earth with the fossils in it. (laughs) It's like. But why? Like, why would God willingly deceive? Like, that just doesn't even make sense. And it just really kind of, to me, disrupts the character of God. If, if, right, if if you're taking their argument, you know, it's like, okay, fine, there's a God. But why would he be so deceptive as to put fossils, dinosaur bones and all that stuff in the earth? But yet it's not true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> doesn't make it yeah what's the point of that who knows <laughs> yeah I, I i i yeah that no. just seems curious i think their stance is just either way i believe and if it ends up being true that the earth is young then oh well and if not it's older you know i think their if their stance is kind of more their faith isn't rocked either way but i do think yeah, definitely the people who take on those hard stances like against evolution or the big bang or like an old earth or all that they just they really don't have any grasp or understanding of science and they're like well god said this and some dude over there said this so i'm gonna believe what god said and i mean yeah it's not you can't really there's no potential for self-critique there in terms of what you actually believe but uh, in a weird way, I can kind of wrap my head around it. So you know, I can too. I was I was having a discussion with one of my uh, coworkers at the jewelry store that I work at once a week, and he's a Catholic, but he's a very open-minded Catholic. He doesn't think that that you know his faith is the only faith. He's like it's just the faith that I'm a part of. He said, you know, Hindus have their faith. Everybody, you know, everybody has their own relationship with God or the universe. So you know, I'm like, okay, like I can totally run with that you know it's like it's like i don't even know what to talk to him about except just that's curious let's talk more but it's there's nothing to challenge because it's like well i mean wow that's kind of the view i have ish you know and one of the things that i told him yesterday i said you know it's funny i remember as a preacher again as a evangelical bible thumping type preacher I remember many times preaching sermons and I would say this line, I'm sure it's still out on the internet in the World Wide webs out there somewhere of me saying this on video where I said something like, I believe the greater truth of God's word, meaning you bring me a fact or some kind of whatever. I compare it to the word of God. If the word of God and what fact you brought me, if they don't align, 
I choose God's word over the fact. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And now we yeah. would talk about that often from a point of we when we were talking about healing. You know, I have this tumor that's on my body, but I choose to believe the greater truth of God's word that by his stripes I'm healed. And I'm calling those things that be not as though they were like Abraham, who was the father, you know, he didn't have kids. He was old. Sarah was old. You know, how could they have kids? But God called him the father of many nations. And so it said of him, you know, he called those things that be not as though they are. So as a Pentecostal specifically, that's what I, I just was like, you know what? It, the Bible says God created it 6,000 years ago. I don't care what science says. I go with God's word, you know, now, like even when I'm saying that I, 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 it, it's weird because part of me, there's a, there's a feeling behind it that's associated with how I used to feel and think. Then there's this yeah. other part of me, like my brain that is like screaming moron, moron, moron. Part of you wants to say amen. And the part of you is like, Oh, no, that's not right. Okay. Right. And, it, and I don't it's mean a frightening that, way to think. Right. And I'm referring to myself here. I'm not calling anybody else that it's just like in my own mind, it's, it's weird to say, wow. Yeah. There is that part of me that, that, you know, you could literally put me up on a stage in front of a Pentecostal church and I could do it. Like I could, I could, throw down and I could feel it. Like I could even feel it. Now I, I wouldn't believe it, but I could feel it, you know? And, and, uh, I still get that way sometimes when I hear worship music and, you know, and it, it's just, it, it's beautiful or it moves me in some way, but it's so interesting because it's like, well, yeah, I don't believe that to be true, but it's still beautiful. And it's a beautiful thought. You know, I look at it like poetry, you know? Yeah. Where it's, yeah, I mean, it is beautiful, and it definitely evokes deep emotions still in me as well. I uh, I went through a period of just listening to worship music uh, maybe about six months ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, do you—I'm curious, Kyle. I've never asked you this. Um, do you miss it ever? Yeah, uh, there are definitely times I do. I mean, I think, you know— whether or not you believe in the metaphysical, which as a general rule, I don't, um, spirituality and religion has existed in every culture amongst every people for probably as long as we've been on the planet. And maybe even some of, you know, those earlier, uh, species that we evolved from may have had a religion too. We don't necessarily know, but, uh, you know, I think it definitely played a significant role in our psychology and sociology. And I think on some level we are wired to it and certainly the fellowship that comes with it and the, you know, the belief in something greater than yourself, I think is all very powerful. Even if ultimately I don't necessarily believe that there's evidence that supports the existence of a God. And I, I don't believe that there is any evidence that supports the Christian God. So yeah, I would. Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking of because you mentioned this just a second ago about, you know, or I said something about religion goes back thousands and thousands of years. And you said, you know, it even predates, you know, Christianity, Judaism, yada, yada. I, yeah. I, I that was always a very that was one of the things, one of 
so many um, things that I, I couldn't wrap my brain around it, is that knowing that humanity goes back at least 300,000 years, probably more, but let's just stick with 300,000 more. I think is it homo sapien about 300,000 years ago, but before that it was yeah. other uh, yeah. homo other species, other species of human. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. I can't, I can't speak to that. Uh, uh, but you just go back to the 300,000 years ago. Don't you think if, if God really, especially the God of the Bible, that's the one that I'm kind of referring to. That's the only one I ever knew of. If that's, if that was true, why, why not introduce that 300,000 years ago? <laughs> like, like, well, why well, wait was, that was Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was 6,000 yeah. years ago. Okay. So yeah, if you take the literal part out of it and you say, okay, Adam and Eve were created about 300,000 years ago, which, you know, that, that's just clearly that that's not true. We all know that it true. poses way more questions. Right. For sure. <laughs> but, but you would think that, that if something was true, then it would have been like, Hey, as soon as he created Adam and Eve, he just said, Hey, here's the book. Like yeah. pass this down forever. This is, this is the truth. And, and it would be validated and proven to be true. Therefore, you know, I think we would have a, a I, I think, I think we would have a different world if there really was specifically a God of the Bible. If there really was a God that cared and loved us that much, was all, all powerful, all knowing, all loving, you know, good. And, you know, if all that, if all the stuff that Christians believe that I used to claim to believe, if that was actually factually true, I just think the world would look different. You know, I just think if it was yeah. actually true and also why, why have it such be such a mystery? You know, they always say, well, faith, but it's like, Oh my God, really? Like <laughs> that doesn't well, it seem really kind of seems like the focus on faith picked up around Jesus, you know, too, where they already had the Roman empire and the, I mean, there was kind of like an era of enlightenment there. So this big fixation on faith and belief and all that in a time frame in which people could probably verify that supernatural things were not happening is also somewhat interesting to me anyway. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't, you would think there would be a difference. And I mean, I think most Christians do think that even if, you know, we were, we came on this planet 300,000 years ago that the Bible is still the oldest religion. Somehow we just haven't found evidence for it yet. And I'll kind of try to find ways to, to read between the lines because that was something that I did. You know, all other religions are a lie. The Bible and, you know, Christianity and you know, then it would have been Judaism was like the, the truth. So then you do kind of just look for any potential information that can kind of point in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, I I was thinking about this the other day in in reference to to prayer, which I still pray, but in a totally different way for totally different reasons. Um, and and, and I'm sure that a, a a Christian apologist, which you studied, so maybe you could tell me what a Christian apologist would say to this. But when I think about prayer, to me, if prayer worked. 
like actually worked, then it would work. <laughs> yeah. in, in other words, there it would be it would statistically provable. It would be it would be provable that it works rather than if if one person's praying, it's like if you took two groups, this group's praying, this group's not, and they both had cancer, they both whatever. At the end of the day, or at the end of the study, there would be absolutely no difference between the group that's praying and the group that's not. The group that's praying would still have kids die, would still have good things, would still have bad things, would still have tornadoes, would still have fires, would still have, like, in other words, everything that is life would be happening to this group just as, just as it's happening to the group that's not praying. Yeah. Like there is yeah, no think, difference. Uh, so it's like, that should tell think, you something. I think the Christian apologist would probably say one of two things. One being that they've seen healings if they were Pentecostal, uh, if they're, I think the Baptists don't really believe in miracles or some section of the Baptists. Cause I remember the Baptists or there was at least specifically a Baptist church that was like bashing Pentecostals and saying they were demon possessed because they were speaking in tongues. But so some denominations, I don't even think believe in miracles at all anymore. Um, which kind of comes with Jesus talking about the sign of Jonah after he's gone. Yeah. Uh, where, but I, I think a lot of the apologist response to that would be something to the effect of, you know, I've seen miracles in my personal life, and then maybe that would be rebutted by or, set, or followed up by saying, you know, this, you know, prosperity gospel God where you get what you want. This I believe I receive is not the biblical God. And, you know, God is not your your personal genie. He doesn't just sit there granting your wishes and then. You know, I don't understand God's purpose when you would eventually kind of get into the topic of um, uh, the problem of evil is just, you know, God's ways are above mine or God will eventually work all things around for good. But kind of, I think, be the typical rebuttals in that, yeah, this life's just going to suck. Yeah. And uh, the real benefit you have isn't that God's going to heal all of your problems, but that you have a companion through this life who's got your back and that, you know, at the end of things, all things are going to work out because God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. You're going to be in the new heaven with this uh, entity that you love and have a personal relationship with. Yeah. You know, it, it's what I find with it is it's like they, Christianity or any religion, I guess, kind of, again, I only understand Christianity, but it, it makes God human with limitations. In other words, it's like, he's like an elder brother. In other words, you know, my brother, which I don't have a brother, but it's like, well, like you, you're my brother. You're my, you're my brother in, in Christ. <laughs> anyway, you're, you're my, you're my brother, right? We're, we're friends and you don't, yeah. you don't want me to hurt. You don't want, you don't want anything bad to happen to me. And, and, and you don't wish there to be bad that would happen to me, but you can't stop it. But if I was to, you know, if I needed thoughts and prayers and concerns or help, you know, you would, you would be moved towards me and you would, you know what I mean? But you couldn't stop anything from happening to me that. So it's like, it's weird how 
is Christianity on one hand calls God all powerful and he's omniscient and he can, you know, all this stuff is given to God. You know, he fucking created the universe, you know, and he put the sun up in the sky, like all the stuff that God's given credit for, not to mention, you know, the, the miracles in the Bible, the walking on the water, the water to wine, the raising the dead, stopping the fucking sun in the sky for, for what's his face. It's like, okay, all of that, but today in 2024, sorry, guys, God's got limitations. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing any of that shit anymore. No, he's not. He's not doing any of that stuff anymore. But but he does care, and he he is listening. I mean, he's not going to do anything, but but he's listening, and he's like a, a you know, it's what's that scripture? He's closer than a brother. I mean, he's a very present help in time of struggle. And I'll be honest, as a Christian. I believe that, therefore, I've felt that. But yet, nothing was fixed unless I fixed it. Yeah. You know, it's like God helps those who help themselves. You know, that phrase, God helps those who help themselves, which, well, wait a minute. Okay. But that's true just in general. Yeah. You're going to help yourself. Yeah. Like God's not going to knock you the hundred pounds. Yourself, things are going to be better. Right. Like if you want to lose weight, don't pray about it. Cause God's not going to take the weight off of you. Go to the gym and eat better and then you'll lose weight. So was that God or was that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that was a pretty big point of doubt for me too, because it's like, you know, you're reading the Bible and you hear of pillars of fire and, you know, sea splitting and the sun staying in the sky and, you know, all these just outright crazy things. And then modern Christianity is, you know, miracles that could be coincidences and trying to like constantly convince yourself that God did something miraculous when, you know, half the healings that I saw of people who had like a bum knee suddenly being able to run around, like they always just kind of seem to have come back in a few days or, you know, it's just, that was a big point of doubt for me, I think, in my faith, because it's like, clearly God is not interacting with us the same. And these quality of miracles have gone down quite a bit. <laughs> you know, they don't really yeah. seem like miracles. Yeah, now that they're verifiable and we can actually quantify them and there's the you know we've got cameras and we've got all that isn't that weird god's grew less and less uh miraculous you know yeah. it's like he's like he can't do anything now why well there's a cell phone videoing him all the time <laughs> yeah we get more and more cell phones and more and more you know ability to just take footage at any given time and still we haven't caught anything yeah even the lady who regrew her toes at James River, they uh, conveniently <laughs> didn't record that. So, bummer, and conveniently didn't record or have any pictures of her foot before. No, at least not that I saw. So, it's so fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's, and then sometimes people of faith will say, "Well, there's always rotten. There's always the rotten, someone rotten in the bunch." You know, it, it's, yeah. it's, 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 uh, which that's an easy like, okay which is true, right? I mean, that's, that is true. There, there are always just because there's a, one bad cop doesn't mean they're all bad. There is one bad doctor doesn't mean they're all bad. I mean, that's, and that's true. And even with the pastors Christians and pastors included, you know, I mean, I know you were of sincere. I know you as a person, you know, you're not a Christian now. You're a very genuine 
honest person. Like I, like you're someone that I, yeah, I mean, I, I see that in you. I can tell that in you and you know, and that's weird to me because you're, you're atheist. So it's like, I mean, that's not weird to me now, but that would have been weird to me before. Cause how could that be right? If you're not a Christian, then you're just automatically a child of the devil, therefore evil and corrupt. But man, you know, I've some of the most wonderful people I've ever met are, you know, non-believers, if you will. And it, yeah. that's not the motive. Their, their motivation to do good, if you will, is not based upon fear of hell or punishment um, or God smoting them. It's just, I just want to be a good human. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean I, I don't like, I, well, empathy is something that we all feel, you know, that's not, uh, that's not imparted by God. In fact, if you don't have empathy, there's a condition for that called sociopathy, you know? Right. So the fact that most of us aren't sociopaths, of course we're going to do, you know, nice, friendly things. We're humans. That's how we evolve to care for one another, take care of one another, to cooperate with one another. We're a complex social species. And so, yeah, I mean, the inclination that just because, you don't follow a God, you're, you're depraved. I mean, I think it's observably not true, but I've definitely had Christians say that because God is love and God is in their life. They have some capacity to love that non-believers don't. And it's like, okay, well, where's Where's the the proof of that? that? Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where's the fruit? I say, where's the proof? Like where? Yeah. If that was true, see that, that goes back to what, what I said earlier, if that's true, right? The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through Jesus Christ, right? Through Christ, our Lord, you know, the scripture, I know the scripture. I I used to quote that scripture all the time. Where's the proof of that? Like where, where are there a group of Christians whose lives are actually verifiably quantifiably better than anyone else on the earth who you know is honest is fair you know it's like there are benefits to living well and and you know being a person that's honest i I did a post uh just the other day on facebook i've been doing a lot of i post a couple times a day now I've just kind of been just when I have thoughts pop in my head, I just post them with my little avatar that weirdly mm-hmm. looks almost just like me. But um, I posted something about I find it. I forget how I worded it. I'll have to look it up. But it, uh, basically in a, in a in jest, I said, I don't value any system of belief that values what you believe over how you act. And what I didn't say, what was the undertones, (laughs) like what was in my mind when I wrote that was, you know, Christians. And I used to say this when I was a pastor. Well, you know, but what if they're a really good person? What if they have, what if they didn't accept Jesus, but they're a really good person? Doesn't matter how good they are. Right. That's I always say that doesn't matter how good they are. Doesn't matter how none of that matters. All that matters is if they have accepted Jesus into their heart and their life and they've confessed with their mouth. That's the key. That's the ticket to heaven. There is no other way to heaven, but through Christ, that's it. So your good deeds don't win you awards. 
So that's something, I mean, you came from the same background, the Assemblies of God background. Does that resonate with what you kind of thought and what you remember? I mean, obviously our beliefs, it, you know, if you believe something, you value honesty, then it'll help you be honest. I, I believe that, that our thoughts and our beliefs can lead to our actions. But in the Christian faith, that's what I remember being taught is that my righteousness is this filthy rags, meaning <laughs> you could be you could be a Mother Teresa. But if Mother Teresa didn't believe and didn't confess with her mouth and believe in her heart, the Lord Jesus Christ and all that stuff, then she was going to hell. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, it was always, you know, that sort of belief was, yeah, good people don't get in. But it's because, you know, your righteousness is, you know, filthy rags. No one is righteous, not one. And so it's like, you're calling this person a good person. But from the Christian perspective, they're not a good person because no one's a good person. And therefore, you know, the only way that you can be made good is by being covered by the blood of Christ, who was good. And, you know, now you're sanctified and justified and uh, all, all the purified and all, all, all the fides. And that's how, you know, you're made essentially good enough to get into heaven, not by anything you've done, but by what Christ has done. But that was also kind of coming to a point, kind of a breaking point for me too, because it's like, okay, well, if no one's good and everyone's just as bad as the next, you know, that seems a little bit odd because like my mom is an agnostic and she was, as I was growing up, cause I, I didn't, really grew up in the church. It was something I picked up in uh, middle school because the cute girl I liked was going to a youth group. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like, my mom is this amazing person. She's done a lot for me. You know, my dad passed when I was little. So like she raised me by myself, you know, all this other stuff. And I'm having to believe like, you know, because my mom's not this devout believer, despite the fact that she is way better than Ted Bundy, you know, but they're both going to hell. And it's like, I, I don't know. That doesn't sound like justice to me. Right. You just have to completely change your, your concept of right and wrong. You know, it's just to a point of it just kind of being nonsensical in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That, that the beliefs over actions and you know, funny, I, I, when I posted that, so many people, even Christians, uh, said, you know, amen, that's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like all the different, all the different the things that they said. And I, 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 I giggled when I wrote, when I, you know, I just giggled about it because I thought, interesting, you know, they, they clearly, they didn't know, um, what I was thinking when I wrote that they, they yeah. didn't know what was in my in my mind so uh they weren't able to to read into it and and maybe address what i was secretly putting in there and yeah um yeah but that it, it is it is here's actually the post i found it. it says i find any belief system that puts more value on quote unquote what you believe rather than how you actually quote live your life to be delusional what i'm saying is it seems to me that actions are indeed more important than words and that is like you read that and i don't i mean 
I don't think there's anything even really debatable. I think most everybody on the planet would be like, yeah, yeah, because they're not realizing why I'm writing it. <laughs> because yeah. in my mind, again, what I was thinking, like some of the most religious people, evangelical Christians I know loved that comment and made other comments w to support it. You know, like even Christiany comments um, that that I found. Like one person wrote, whoever says he is in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness, meaning you're you're believing one thing but you're acting another. <laughs> and, yeah. and on and on it goes. You know, all these the Christians were talking about we need to walk like Jesus, don't just talk like Jesus. <laughs> and you know, and I, I giggled as I was reading it because I thought, yeah, see, that's that's what I'm saying. You're as a as a Again, as an evangelical anyway, you're saying it doesn't matter how good you are. All that matters is that you've accepted Jesus. Now, they would say, and you know this, I mean, we I never faith did that. Faith without was, works is right. dead or something exactly. like that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Faith without works is dead. Well, they'll know you by your fruit, all that stuff. But what I'm talking about is your eternal security, right? So... I don't, yeah. you know, what they would say as well, they just won't, they'll make it to heaven because of their belief in Jesus, but because they didn't live it, they'll live in a shack rather than a mansion. Yeah. I remember like, I actually heard a preacher say that, that, you know, the reason he, you want to live right and do good things is because when you get to heaven, you'll be living like a king, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is just absolutely so ridiculous to even say Again, this is a this is you're putting human thought and structure and human really in heaven. There's gonna be there's gonna be the hood <laughs> in heaven, the like class there's, society. Yeah. <laughs> like there's gonna be, a, gonna be a, the... like across the tracks in in heaven. Like oh, you're yeah. getting in, but you're gonna be a hobo. So <laughs> you're gonna be living on the east side of heaven. It's like. <laughs> what are you saying right now? That just doesn't make sense. But I mean, I remember them talking about basically classes of people, the people that would be in charge in heaven were the people who were servants to Jesus here and yeah. faithful to God here. Like those were the people that would be now in charge in heaven. Like you're the, you're the president of heaven. You're, you're the governing body of heaven based upon your life here on earth. That's just so mythical. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like that's just so absolutely mythical and made up just as much as Harry Potter. Like it's literally oh, yeah. Yeah. as made up as Harry Potter and people believe it to their core. Cool. The thing, too, is like the Bible itself really doesn't go into a lot of detail what heaven is going to be like. So then people just kind of make shit up. But also, like, it's weird to want heaven so badly and have no idea what it really is. Either. <laughs> I guess I guess if you have a good painted image of hell, you know, you don't want that. But it's just falling in worship. I mean, falling down in worship for, you know, thousands of years, I guess, is I don't doesn't sound like a good way to spend my afterlife. I don't know. Well, and I think, you know, I, I have to resonate with something that Christopher Hitchens said, said one time, and I, and I can relate to this, and I think you can too, even though 
April 1st of last year, you scared me for a minute. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm incapable of believing it. You know what I mean? Like I, the, the, there's nothing that anyone could say there apart from Jesus literally appearing to me and saying, listen, yeah, like, here's the deal, which I, in my, even then, even then what I, like if Jesus appeared to me, here's what I would say. Here's what I think would happen. Like literally, if that was to happen, here's how I think it would go. He would say, which by the way, I look just like Jesus right now for some weird reason. I got a beard and my hair's long. And so someone literally yesterday goes, has anybody ever told you that you have a real Jesus vibe? <laughs> anyway, it's counterpoint. So Jesus, if Jesus appeared to me, here's what I could believe is if he's like Timmy, or he'd actually probably say Timothy. That's my real name. Timothy, uh, I'm real. Now, Christians have said a lot of crazy stuff. There's a lot. Christianity is not, I didn't invent that. Humans created that. It's a shit storm. That's a lot of that stuff's bullshit, but I really am real. And you know, I did, I did exist. I did die. I was resurrected. Um, you know, obviously you don't have to just believe in me, uh, to, to go to heaven. There's a lot of other religions that point people to good, to be good and do good and all that. Here's the bottom line. I was just an example of kindness and generosity in the world, helping those less fortunate. That's, that's the ticket to the eternal life is just be a good human. So peace out that like that I could accept. I would be, I would think the devil appeared to me if he was like, Nope. Yep. All Hindus, all everybody's going to hell except for the, like, I would just be like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, this is, you know what I mean? So the, 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 so I, I, do you resonate with that in the sense of like, what, what could convince you besides James river healing the growing toes? <laughs> yeah. I mean, James river got me, you know, that's uh, <laughs> April 1st. I was going to try to get you to go there. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if Jesus appeared, like, you know, I didn't realize later I left a window open and some homeless man crawled in, um, <laughs> you know, uh, or you, if you crawled in, right. there's Timmy standing in my living room because you look like Jesus. That's what you, just said, so. uh, you know, I mean, I think in some sense, if it was clearly like a supernatural appearance, I would have to believe. And, you know, if what he was saying was true, you know, uh, yeah, I probably would start preaching again because then a lot of people are going to hell and, you know, the guy who's driving is going to send a bunch of people there, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, short, short of a miracle. Yeah. I'm probably, I'm i I'm probably not going to believe and it's probably going to be pretty spelled out because, you know, anomalies happen you know there are people who their cancer goes into remission for no explainable reason you know i had a teacher who tried all these homeopathic remedies after getting chemo and uh her cancer went she was cancer free and you know but do i believe that colloidal silver and 
you know, avoiding 5G is what got rid of her cancer. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that, you know. So, I mean, weird in that, but that's what she credited it to, you know. And so it's like uh, he, he, there are these odd things that happen in life. And so I would need, you know, just absolutely something spelled out. Jesus in my room saying, hey, it's all legit. Here's a miracle. I know all the things about your life. I can fly, you know, and he floats around the room or some shit, you know, just like to, to the point to where there is no more question about it because yeah, outside of that, it just sounds like mythology. And I mean, it's interesting and I think it's definitely got some good concepts here and there, but yeah, I mean, I think when you get out of the sphere of faith and you start to, see it for what it is and you're outside of that bubble and you're no longer having people sort of affirm those beliefs and yeah, I mean, you just kind of, you look at it in a different light. Going back to church has been kind of weird, you know, just because it's like, I used to believe that, but also what you're saying right now doesn't make a lot of sense. And you just have to completely change the way you look at morality and the way you look at the world in a lot of ways that, yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like justice anymore to send people to hell who have not really done anything wrong. Right. Yeah, it just it doesn't. Isn't we don't funny? have that level of tribalism anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that something that made so. By the way, I sent you the picture of what I look like right now. If you want to see it, and you'll laugh. Um, <laughs> okay. It, it made so much sense to me then, like the it's when I think of how absolutely sure I was about all of it then through time to have it make not even any sense to me anymore. That is just, it's weird. It, it is weird to me. Like it's so weird. I sometimes even look in the mirror and think what happened to that guy? And, and oddly, Unlike what the church would lead people or try to lead people to believe that people that leave the church have, they're a derelict, you know, they've left the faith, they've fallen out and they've, you know, that's, I used to always believe that anytime someone left the church, there was, I thought they were off into sin and, and running from God and, you know, they were the, the, the prodigal. And so now that church people would consider me a prodigal type. Uh, it's so wild because it's like, no, <laughs> that's not it at all. Like I'm not in the pig pen eating from the pig slop. Like I, and not, and, and morally I'm more moral now. Now I'm not saying I'm perfect. I am not perfect, but I am way more moral and honest. All I can say about me as a, I can, I cannot talk about anybody. And I know that there are some people that leave the faith and they go into a dark place and they get hooked on drugs. I'm, that's of course, that's a story for people, anybody like of all faiths, of all people that are atheists who fall off the bandwagon. And like there it's, that's a true story of everybody. Like that's just true of humans. It's just uh, that when people fall off the wagon in the church, the church no longer accepts them. Right. You know, I think some of those people are kind of pushed out or they, they know that going down this route is going to, cut them off from the church. So then, yeah, you know, disbelief comes with it because 
why would I keep believing in that when those people aren't going to support me anymore? Right. And that, that's the thing that's so strange because I can only speak about my own personal life. And then I know you can speak about your life. I'm a better person now. Now, granted, I should have been better when I was a Christian, but for whatever reason, I just wasn't. I was, I, I, I hid, I, I was more, I wasn't a hyper deceiver, but I was just, I couldn't be on it. You know, I had struggles. I had internal demons and I had, there was so much going on and I, I couldn't be fully honest or I didn't feel like I could be fully honest because I just couldn't, right? I just, just for whatever reason, whether I could, I didn't feel that I could. And this whole journey has brought me to a place in my life where I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just a way better person. I'm a better friend. I'm, I'm honest. I'm authentic. I, I'm genuine as much, as much, again, I'm not saying like, I'm just this perfect. I'm not saying that. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say, but I know me, I know who I was before and I know who I am now. And it wasn't like I was a terrible person as a Christian. That's not true either, but I'm by far a better human today than I was then. Explain that. Like, how is that even possible? Right? Because that goes completely counter to the message that I used to teach as a Christian all the time. You know, like my life is better now as a non-religious person. I live. Yeah. I feel better. Everything's better. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it, I mean, cause there are some great Christian tenets that I think a lot of Christians do lean into, uh, you and know, I the mercy, the forgiveness, Absolutely. the grace. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to give them up. I think culturally we don't fixate on them as much, you know, in the broad sense, but you know, like I had a teacher at CBC, um, I forgot the last page of a final. I didn't realize there was a back page. He somehow tracked down my phone number, called me and had me come back in and finish that up. So I wouldn't fail the class, you know? So, uh, he was very gracious and merciful in that sense. A lot of teachers where I'm at and school recently probably wouldn't have done so, you know? So there are these great tenets that I think Christianity has that a lot. So Christians lean into, but then when it comes to like, Oh, well, I mean, have you looked at pornography? Well, then, you know, there's a certain level of shame and we set up these barricades to people, you know? So yes, there are these great tenets of mercy, forgiveness, grace, and love and all that. But then there are also all these other rules that we don't really know how to navigate or, you know, they don't necessarily know how to navigate as a Christian because, Hey, on one hand sin, but on the other hand, mercy and forgiveness. And so then you just have like all these quiet shames, kind of like you were talking about where you had all these things inside that a lot of people didn't even know about. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that's where Christians fuck up a lot. You know, I've had lots of friends just have these absolutely bizarre sexual type issues that I have not heard anyone outside the church ever struggle with. And it's just because there's so much of a fixation and shame surrounding sex that, yeah, you're kind of, I mean, it, it becomes almost a certain level of trauma and, you know, yeah, that's not helping. And so I think, yes, there are good things about Christianity, but there are so many other rules about Christianity that I definitely think limit how compassionate you can truly be to other people. And that's, 
that's unfortunate. You know, I was, uh, you know, I had a cousin come out as trans and I remember as a Christian, it's like, well, I love them, but if I like their status, am I supporting it? You know, like these, I don't, and it's like, that should never have been a thought in my head. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I think about that situation. It doesn't matter how I perceive it. They're clearly going through something. They need my love and support full stop, you know? And so throughout the politics, throughout the religious views, like this is the person that I love and I care about. And there shouldn't have been any barrier there in my mind to just say, Hey, you know, I got you. I love you. I care about you. That's that. But as a Christian, it was like, well, I don't want them to think that that's okay. They don't need my approval. They're going to do it either way. You know, like, you know, and that, I mean, I have talked to them about it and I apologized about that particular thing. And yeah, but it was just, uh, yeah, I think that that's where Christians limit themselves is that they just get caught up on all this little shit that really shouldn't fucking matter. Right. He yeah, gives a fuck how other people live their life. Absolutely. I, I remember back, I, I was an early adopter of same-sex marriage. And and that was a progressive, a, a full confession. You know, I didn't always uh, support the homosexual lifestyle because I was told it was sinful. And so I didn't know any better. And I was brainwashed to believe a certain thing. And, yeah. but I progressed slower than I care to admit, but, but I did progress or, you know, way earlier than most of the evangelicals that I knew of. Um, (laughs) but I was definitely way behind the times when it comes to the world, which, which that's something remind me to come back to, um, you know, you go into any Pentecostal church today and it's like, did I step back in time? Like, it's just so (laughs) weird. Like we're going to talk about a really hot topic today interracial marriage and you're like what <laughs> like what the fuck did you just say <laughs> uh, that's a hot topic yeah maybe in the 1920s uh, anyway yeah. uh, but it's i i i always felt this is just my perspective this is just my perspective maybe there's other christians that i know there are other christians that don't they didn't have my perspective. They didn't, they didn't view things as squirrely as I did. So I can only tell you from where I was coming from and what I remember in the Christian church, again, the evangelical Christian church, it, it, there was such a focus on what you said and what you believed, you know, the, the, obviously the faith piece, but it was about, it was about what you said and what you believed. And then there definitely was an emphasis on how you acted, but I think what you said where a lot of Christians fuck up today is they are believing what they think they believe and they are yeah. saying the right things, but where they really fuck up. And this is why they get Christians get so labeled hypocrites is their actions don't line up. It's like, we all know Christians who claim this, go to church, do all this stuff, and they fucking lie, or they cheat, or they steal, or they, it's like, you know, they do the things that everybody does, you know, and it's, and I guess it just looks worse because they claimed to believe something, and yet they're acting just terrible. But it's like, yeah, well, and I mean, I think there are those that definitely try to act 
Right. But then there are those, you know, I'm a Christian, but, and here's all the things you shouldn't do, but then I'm going to do whatever. Right. You know, I can, I can go out and sleep with a bunch of people, but you know, fuck the gays. And I've actually met people like that, you know, where, uh, they've had a very prolific sex life, but then, you know, they talk about homosexuals as like, you know, the most evil thing on the, the face of the earth. And it's like, those are both sexual sins. Like biblically, they would have stoned you to death as well. Right. So, it, it, but yeah, I mean, and I think definitely Christian hypocrisy is a big thing. Um, I don't think all the Christians, certainly I know lots of, you know, really good Christians who I think are less judgmental, but also more embracing the fact that they are also sinful, which is interesting that those two things go hand in hand. Yeah. Because if you're able to see your own flaws, then maybe you're not so as concerned about the flaws of others. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The this, this Christian church, especially evangelical church is, is rampant with scandals. Rampant. Oh, for sure. Did you ever watch the uh, Netflix special about that? Um, Hillsong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you and I talked about it on a, a podcast once. Oh, but did yeah, we? I, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely watched it. It was definitely uh, interesting. It was. Wasn't it's it? just, yeah. The, I don't know. I'm also in just a weird place with a an acquaintance of mine too. It just seems. I don't know. There's something that happens in Christianity, especially with the more charismatic movements, where like scandals happen they get like but they also get like involved in like pyramid scheme i mean just like culty type shit and yeah, yeah i've got a friend right now who's climbing the ranks in a pyramid scheme and it's oh, bizarre how <laughs> how they speak about this issue in much the same way a pastor would speak from a pulpit you know like and it's like this is nothing like having to do God's- with religion at all but right. it's just yeah, the way they talk, the sort of inspirational type speaker, charismatic type, you know, whatever. It's all just the same. And it, it definitely is a weird vibe. That's interesting. Is it a product-based one or like an Amway or? Uh, it's, yeah, it's product-based. I, I don't want to yeah, yeah, we'll say talk too about much because I don't want to like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, dude, I w- I've been in pyramid schemes. Um, I've been in true just flat out pyramid schemes that literally got taken down by the FCC or whatever. Like, I mean, you know, and, oh, and they were all, they were all like church related. I, not my church. I just mean like when I was in Bible college, I went to a church and man, there were so many pyramid schemes that came through where we all made some serious money who got in it early and then, you know, it crashed, but then there's other pyramid schemes or I say pyramid schemes direct marketing uh you know where it's that pyramid style but it's product yeah. you know where it's actually product based and so whatever i mean it can like, be like know, cutco right yeah exactly where it's like it's got a real product and it really is a good product and it, it's all based upon you get your friends to come and buy cutco and then those friends buy you know whatever it's, i have no problem with that but yeah some of them are just they're very culty <laughs> You know, they're very, very weird. So yeah, we'll talk about that off offline. But so here's a question I had for you. The biggest, when you were a Christian, 
what was the biggest challenge to your faith? Like, what was that, that thing that, and maybe we've talked about this before, I'm sure we have, but I, I, I don't know if I quite asked it like this. If you could narrow it down to, to one thing or a thought, what was it that tipped you over to go, maybe this isn't true? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, it seems like there were just a lot of straws, you know, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. Sure. Um, but I remember I didn't, because I started going to church around 14. I didn't consider myself saved around like 15 or 16. And then... I mean, I lived in the country. We had like AOL, you know, and even when we did get something that wasn't AOL, it wasn't very good. So like, I really wasn't exposed to a lot of the ideas against religion. So I was, you know, going to the church. And so it was like freshman year of Bible college where I'm online and I'm discovering atheism kind of for really the first time. I mean, I had met atheists, but I'd never there there was nothing that really happened. Like we just hung out and did whatever and then went on about our lives. And yeah, I just started hearing all these atheist arguments against so much of uh, what Christianity was saying. And I think over time they just kind of stuck. And then of course I just pushed them in the back of my head because I had felt pretty invested in that path. And so I think for me, just, having all of these beliefs somewhat dismantled uh, was a big thing. And uh, I listened to the atheist experience a lot. And one with, uh, I think his name is like Matt Delhaney, Delhaney. I don't remember his last name, but uh, he always made a good argument. I think that this is kind of the biggest one for me. Um, and one that I guess the better answer your question uh, is also that a lot of times I will, post other people is that you know say if you take away evolution you take away the big bang you take away all the things that science has discovered you take away all the knowledge of everything why does god exist and more better yet why does your god exist what evidence supports those two conclusions and uh you know i think i came to a place eventually of saying well i don't have any real evidence for either one so even if I don't believe in evolution, even if I don't believe in all these other contentious things that happen between atheists and Christians all the time, even if I throw all those out, there is still no good reason to believe in God. That's interesting. I heard a, an argument that um, I had never heard it like this before, even though the 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 idea when I heard it, I thought, oh, I've thought of that, but I couldn't articulate it like this guy did in this debate. And he basically said, take, take it all away. Everything we, we lose everything and we start over. Mm. We would rediscover truth. We would rediscover things that are true. They were true before. They're going to be true. Now they're going to be true later. We would discover those things, but religion would look totally different. Yeah, I think that was Ricky Gervais. Oh, really? Something. Yeah, I think something along those lines in a comedy special, I believe. Oh, really? I need to, I need to, I need to look that up and 
maybe play that in this in this episode that'd be very 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 cool in fact we're going to take a short commercial break ladies and gentlemen sponsored by viagra i wish not really <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll be right back with more with kyle Hass. King, but, and that's a matter of faith in his abilities. Yeah, yes. You don't know it yourself. You're accepting that because someone told you. Yeah, well, but science science is constantly proved all the time. You see, if we take something like any fiction, in any holy book, in any other fiction, yeah. and destroyed it, yeah. okay, in a thousand years' time, that wouldn't come back just as it was. Yeah. Whereas if we took every science book, yes. right, and every fact, and destroyed them all, in a thousand years, they'd all be back because all the same tests would be the same result. That's good. That's really good. So we That's don't. Really good. I don't need. I don't need. I don't need faith in science. I don't need faith to know that probably if I jump out of a window, every other time someone jumps out, they smash to the ground because yeah. of this thing called gravity. And I don't, then, yeah, Satan would be raping you. <laughs> this is why I'm a good boy. All right, we we came back after that Viagra commercial and a little bit, a little little excerpt from ricky gervais i was glad to have ricky gervais on the on the podcast first time <laughs> but, but, but first time okay so why why does kyle Hass live right why why aren't you raping and pillaging and killing killing people since you're atheist right you don't believe in hell so why not do that I don't want to. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, most people don't feel the compulsion to do so. And maybe for the few who do, it could be that religion's a good thing or potentially even a bad thing. I, you know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I think the easiest answer to that is common sense. You know, who would want to live a life like that? And more importantly, who would want to live in a place that allowed that, you know, and I think that that's kind of the basis of modern morality is that, you know, we all want to sort of be able to live happy, peaceful lives. And that that's kind of the goal. And so if you go around, you're raping, you're killing, you're murdering, you're stealing, you're ruining the lives of those around you. Uh, one, you're going to have a lot of issues in your own life. And two, you know, None of us as a collective, as a whole, as a, as a social group, are going to be okay with that. So we're going to do things that are going to try to stop that because no one's going to like that. And so, you know, I don't think morality has to be sort of cosmically imparted. I think a lot of it is common sense. That sounds like a shitty place to live in a world where people are just killing each other all the time. And, uh, yeah, I used to I think that's. Yeah, that's a good answer, man. I, I used to think that I remember I did a sermon on this, too, which basically was like, where would this shit be if it weren't for the lighthouse, which was Jesus? Where would this shit be? Meaning, you know, I would just be tossed to and fro and living this terrible life if it weren't for Jesus. And yeah, I mean, it, it ended up that that couldn't have been further from the truth. Um, but I believed it. I believed that Christianity or specifically Jesus was um, the thing is I still love Jesus or at least I love the idea of Jesus and still would say I live by the teachings of Jesus though I don't view Jesus in the same way I did like I did when I was an evangelical Christian so 
I would tell people all the time that, you know, Jesus helps me live better. And, and I really believe that I, I really believe that Jesus or the Bible, God, whatever, all that stuff was my insulation to the world, you know, be in the world, but not of the world. You know, it's like, I was a foreigner here, you know, uh, my, my home is elsewhere and all this, all the lingo, all the lingo. I knew all the lingo. I still know all that lingo. And I, I would have, I would have told you then that Christianity or Jesus or my relationship with Jesus, my relationship with God was what kept me on the straight and narrow. I would, I would have said that. And it was like the guardrails. And I guess I was at a point in my life here. I am, you know, it's just weird. Cause here I am now without those guardrails. And, and again, I, I've, I've found, I sound so egotistical here. It's just, I'm a better human today than I was, you know, 10 years ago. And, and yet now I wouldn't claim to be a Christian. And so that's, weird for me to say because i really 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 thought that my relationship with jesus is what was keeping me on the straight and narrow and and i I can't say i was the kind of christian and i'm curious what you think on this i can't say i was definitely the kind of christian that was living that way for rewards in heaven. I don't know about you, but I I wasn't thinking to myself, I'm going to do this so I can have a big mansion. Like I didn't really, like I wasn't really vibing with that whole thing, like an extra jewel in my crown, you know, like the more souls you save, the more, like I really didn't, I believed that, but I really didn't focus on that. Um. (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, I just gave a lot of weight to my relationship with Jesus. And I may have said this in a sermon is the reason I'm not raping and pillaging and stealing and killing like that. I would have probably told you that like, that's what, like, like that's what killers need. That's what a serial killer needs. They just need Jesus. Then they won't do those things anymore. That's what I thought. If they, if they of course would yield themselves to, which is true of anything, you know, if everybody just literally yielded themselves, quote unquote, and only did good. But that's just, you know, that that's so hypothetical. Like heaven, like if I think of heaven, like here's here's another thought. And seriously, jump in anytime, Kyle. I'm, I'm just thinking okay. Okay. all these thoughts are just running through my mind. But heaven's going to be a shit show. Like when I think of all it's only <laughs> only Christians are going to be in heaven. Dude, heaven's going to be a shit show. I mean, come on. We all know Christians. I was one. I've done some stupid shit. And like, so like when I think of heaven, I'm just like, wow, it's going to be so many fucking liars and deceivers and fucking cheaters and (laughs) and drug addicts. Like they're just going to be so in heaven and people go, no, you won't be allowed to do that in heaven. It's, you know, which is so funny because I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. So heaven, we won't have free will. Like, yeah. So now, yeah, now there's this is no, a whole other discussion. There's no picture of heaven that makes sense. And I think that's, you know, the problem. Hey, I'm not saying that people haven't, uh, gone to the church and turn their life around and become better for it. But, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Thank I you think mentioning that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that's, that's the thing that has happened, but I think, 
the opposite is true too. There are definitely people who have left the church and become better people for it as well. And, uh, you know, I think it at the end of the day comes down to what your personal intentions and goals are. And if, you know, you're looking to make a change in your life, you're probably going to do so. And if you're trying to improve your life and that's something that you're feeling a lot of conviction about and you're at a point of rock bottom, so to speak, then, you know, I think you're in a good position to really start making some better changes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there are people who have stepped away from the faith and have become better people. And there are certainly people who have stepped into the faith and become better people. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't think that there's anything supernatural happening there. I think it's just people wanting to make a change in their life. Yeah. And it's, I, this is why I love talking to you is I, I just, I love the, the, I love conversations because I honestly think one way <laughs> and, yeah. and, and you think an, another way. And so you always bring that, that good piece in there. Cause that's true. It, it, there have been people who were lost, undone, drug addicts, strung out. They come to God, come to Christ, get saved, plug into a church and, and their lives improve. So a hundred percent, that is so true. But what's also true is what you've said, people that have left the church and they've been better. And also people have not been in the church and became a Buddhist and got better people that were, you know, it's like, so that that to me also brings up another interesting point. It's like Christianity isn't the only salvation on this earth in that way. Now that Christianity's believed Christians believe that that that's the only way to true salvation. But when I say salvation, I'm talking about just an example of what people changing their lives and being better people. Well, that doesn't just think about it. That improvement that you just talked about, that story of someone's life was shit, now it's better. That is a prolific story around the globe. Like that's not that's not a story that you only hear Christians say. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, there's there's atheists that were atheists. They're still atheists. They were screwed up, addicted, whatever. You know, got the help they needed, got whatever, and and now they're better and that salvation, but it wasn't a Christian experience. It was just, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's just a story. That's a common story that happens around the world. Again, what would be a, a something that would maybe challenge my belief is if that story was only told because of the Christians, meaning if that you never heard anybody get better unless they went to faith in Christ, then, then, you know, then I'd be like, Hey guys, this is something to look at. Like, do you notice that people are so strung out and whatever, and they get saved and give their hearts to Christ and their lives are better. Like that's the only path to a better life is the Christian life like that. Like, come on guys, like this has to be true. Like, but it's, Um, but it's not, that's not the case. I think when you're in the church, it looks to be true because you see people come in, you see them get, you know, quote unquote saved, you see their lives change. And then you see the people who are burnt out with church, leave the church. And maybe they sometimes don't do so savory uh, of things. Um, Maybe they are, you know, doing drugs or whatever. But a lot of times also, I mean, I'm sure if people were to look at my life right after I left the church, they would be like, oh, yeah, he's definitely stepped into to sin. You know, he's living a sinful life because he's 
having sex with his girlfriend. And it's like, you know, Dungeons so that's and dragons, also, drug them away. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like they're also, their threshold for what is evil is also very different. And so when they see people step away and they're doing things that Christians wouldn't do, but aren't necessarily say they wouldn't abusive. Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. all doing it. They're all doing it. <laughs> yeah. If they're not, yeah. Yeah. There's no, I, I will say I didn't make it to 28 being celibate without uh, at least some masturbation. So, right. Which um, is a sin, according to the book, yeah, according to not is. the Bible, but according to, to what Christians teach. Yeah. Well, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> I think there is a part in the Bible where it says, I would rather your seed fall on the bottom of the belly of a whore than lie dead on the ground or something like that. And then God killed that guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, also makes a weird argument for uh, birth control, which is maybe why the Catholics don't believe in it. Exactly. But, right. Yeah. The, the threshold for evil for Christians is very different. So like when I walked away and I started smoking pot, drinking and having sex with my girlfriend, you know, that was evil to them, but that's not evil to me. So, you know, it kind of, their stories of what they see people leaving the church and people coming in definitely affirms this pre-existing belief of, well, yeah, clearly Christ is the way. Cause this guy came in, he stopped doing drugs. He's happy now. And then this guy left and he was angry and sad. And now he's sleeping with his girlfriend and he's getting drunk on Fridays, you know? So yeah. And this sort of, you know, Christian bubble that they're in looking at that, it seems like it's affirming their belief. But then, yeah, as you stated, you step outside of that and you see that people are changing their lives in lots of different ways and uh, in lots of different belief sets and for lots of different reasons and cleaning their act up or falling apart, you know, whatever, you know. But I also think that when you fall apart within the Christian church, Christian church doesn't really do a whole lot for you. Yeah. You know, I've got <laughs> friends who are addicts and are uh, also having other challenges in their life um, that I don't think they're getting a lot of support from the church. Yeah. They're getting a lot of support from their friends who are Christians, but you know, we're all over the country. So we can't physically be there when it comes to a physical place they can go. Yeah, I think the church has kind of abandoned them, and I think they kind of feel like the church has abandoned them, unfortunately. So, yeah, there's and there's also this concept in the church that I remember that prevailed. I'm curious if you saw this or witnessed this. It's like going back to the masturbation thing. Everybody masturbates, okay? Everybody. Yeah. So those that say it's wrong, do it. Then there's those that like that it's not wrong and they do it. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, but Christians are applauded for it, condemning it. It's like, they say it's wrong, but they do it. But then there's people that say that they don't think it's wrong and they do it. And the Christian that's applauded, but it's like at the end of the day, you're both fucking masturbating. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like well, yeah, that's, I it's mean... like, it's so weird. It goes back to my Facebook post. It's like, I think it's delusional to think that the, I believe that masturbation is wrong yet. I masturbate. 
Okay, period. Then I don't think anything's wrong with masturbation and I masturbate. <laughs> Both of those people yeah. are masturbating. <laughs> yeah. And I don't well, I see think, the difference you know, except it's, it's what you believe. Right. Well, I think they, uh, especially being in a lot of men's groups in church, like there's a lot of shame around the fact that they masturbate, you know, like, and they're afraid to talk about it. And if they do, and the reason they are is because it kind of does give them a different status within the church. And, you know, if the women find out, are they going to want to, you know, they're never going to be able to find someone to date them because clearly this person's beaten off all the time. <laughs> you know, it's just this weird sort of atmosphere around masturbation that, again, really doesn't include the, the qualities of mercy and grace and forgiveness. But it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, everyone's doing it for sure. Some people are more open about it, even though they think it's wrong. But yeah, I don't remember where he's going with that. It's just, yeah, everyone's, you can't, you, the Bible was written in a time frame when people were getting married off when they were teenagers, you know, right. so, so being celibate, time, you were, right. yeah, you weren't celibate very long, but now we're in a time frame in which, you know, I was celibate till I was 28. There's no way from the time I'm a teenage pubescent to the time I'm 28, or I'm not going to be able to get my rock or yeah, I'm just not going to get my rocks off. That's just not going to happen. You know, like right. something's going to give. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Maybe the, there are some people out there who can, but it's not humanly possible for me. So. There, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there are some people out there and probably not even necessarily all religious people, but I'm sure there are some people who were so religious, thought it was so bad. They wanted to masturbate with everything in them but they found other ways, you know, either they just rubbed on the sheets just right or who knows, who knows, who knows? I mean, I'm sure you've heard of this, but there's been this thing that I've heard that's gone on in the Christian church where <laughs> this is, this is going to shock people that I'm even going to say this, but I, I, I heard this from someone else. This was a fact. And they said, well, yeah, some people just will have anal sex because that's not yes. sex. In the vagina, yep. and and I'm like, have you heard this, or is it just me? Yeah, it's called the poop hole loophole. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole song called the the God's Loophole by Garfunkel and Oates, and the chorus is "Fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we would listen to that all the time in Bible college because we thought it was hilarious. Oh my gosh! So like that, there was actually. There was a couple in my youth group who uh, he he was a mutual friend with my best friend and I, and he confided in us that they weren't having sex; they were just having anal. And my friend and I proceeded to laugh, scream at them because it was just so stupid. Oh, yeah, my it's definitely a thing. The poop hole loophole. I would I would love to call the podcast the poop hole loophole. But uh, <laughs> and maybe I will. We'll see. <laughs> You're like, uh, if you yeah. do, Timmy, take my name off of it. Um, gosh, <laughs> but you know that that actually brings up a, a an interesting conversation. I mean, about, about seriously about masturbation. The, the you know, I mean, I, I talked to my friends about it back when I was, you know. I wouldn't say we talked about when we were teenagers. I don't think I talked about it when I was a teenager. I just, you know, we all knew we were doing it. Um, 
it's just, you know, it's just, it's just, it is literally a part of life. Um, yeah. And so I, I would even imagine in, in places where like in um, hunter gatherers where, you know, like a society that's still in the Amazon or wherever there's try there's some tribes, very few, but there's some tribes out there that are still living a very like uh, pre, what do they call that? Uh, still Paleolithic like. Yeah, suppose. like very living like people did, you know, a hundred thousand years ago. And I bet you, those, yeah, very just, yeah. I bet those people, like, it's just a part, it's just part of life. It's yeah. just part, it's just part of, just, just part of it, you know? Um, anyway, all that to be said, what, what was so bad about it is that within the Christian faith, it was something that was, so, it produced so much guilt and shame. You know, it felt so good to do it. You know, you're pent up and you, you you toss it off and you just like, ah, you feel better physically, but then you feel terrible in your spirit. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you didn't really, but that, that's what you thought. You know, you, that's how you worded it is yeah. because that's how you were taught to believe that you were, you grieved the Holy spirit, <laughs> you know, God, God turned his back while you were masturbating, which is just so absolutely weird to me now when I think about how it's just a natural function of the body and within Christian faith. And I've seen many, many, many YouTube videos and different things about it where it just created such sexual deviancy and just weirdness and, and just <laughs> guilt and shame and just craziness R rather than, you know, saying, yeah, it's a part of, I, I just put it this way as a father, even though I was a pastor at the time when my kids were smaller, I never, never once told them not to masturbate, never said it was sinful, never nothing. Yeah. I just, because even, even when I was a Christian, I remember just thinking it's not bad. And here's where the Christian would say it was bad. I can be the apologist now is as a pastor. I remember, you know, I'd have people come in my office and say, I'm really struggling with porn and addiction and masturbation and all that stuff which I think is almost created in the church. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole nother topic, but no, I, I would probably agree. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, good. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that then. Um, but I, you know, I'd have people come into my office, uh, men who would just, you know, confess that all this stuff. And I, I remember what I said, I, I remember getting to a stage where I was becoming more and more liberal, you know, open-minded, less, less conservative, less evangelical, even though I was still called an evangelical, but I would say, listen, if you can just massage it, like if you can just rub it out and especially if they were single and not think of a particular woman. You know, if you can if just you can have your just, mind blank, yeah, just kind of have your mind blank, which is, so, you know, I think back to that and I'm just like, oh my gosh, <sighs> but it, it, I used to tell people, Hey, listen, I don't think masturbation is wrong. If you can keep your heart from, you know, the word lust, right? If you can, if you can just do it without lusting, which now I don't, I don't even think lust is wrong is it, it, no. in an appropriate way. Like I lust after my wife. <laughs> Um, like big time. I, I, I do. 
And I think it's a good yeah. thing. <laughs> you know, I think it's a great yeah. thing. And, and I yeah, think as it's long as you're not a creep, it's not an issue. No, right. And especially, you know, my wife, she loves it. She loves that I just love her and just want to be with her all the time and be around her all the time. That's like, and I tell her all the time, man, I just lust after you, you know, to be cute. <laughs> but so I don't even, you know, I don't even believe in the concept. You know, it's like when you start unraveling your Christian faith, it's like I literally unraveled it all to the point of things that I believed for reasons I wasn't even sure why I believed it. It's like I unlaced all of that too. Um, so I, I don't find lust to be a sinful thing. Um, as long as, like, yeah, like you said, as long as you're like creeping and as long as you're not, you know, going to people's houses and peering in their windows. And yeah. doing Some like, type of cinder. <laughs> if you're on a registry, <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> right. So what do you think about the, that the church might've helped to create so much sexual dysfunction? Oh, I mean, I think it's a hundred percent of the thing. Uh, I, you can't put that much shame and guilt around a normal bodily function and expect people to not have issues over it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I definitely looked at porn when I was a Christian and now that I'm not a Christian, it was weird in the sense that I, I don't have to look at porn anymore, but like then I couldn't foresee a life sometimes without porn. And so it's like, but there was just so much shame, so much guilt, so much everything wrapped around it that one, you know, <laughs> masturbation was almost kind of kinky. So I think it elevated it in that sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, stepping away from it, I just kind of felt a weight off my shoulders and a lot of the shame and guilt that I felt was gone. And I think with it, a lot of, you know, my odd tendencies, but I've talked to other people too, you know, uh, men who claim to have flashbacks of pornography when they're having sex with their wife because, you know, just bizarre shit. And I mean, even for me, I masturbated so much that when I started having sex with my now wife, uh, I couldn't get off. And it wasn't that I wasn't attracted or that it didn't feel good. It was that I was so used to the stimulation just myself that uh, having someone else be kind of a part of it, my body was not wired in a way yet to where that was going to be possible in the first couple of times that we fooled around, I couldn't finish. Now it's not an issue. It's sure. far enough away. And I've calmed down on some of the things that I had to do to survive celibacy right. until I was 28. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, so that's helped a lot. But I think, yeah, you know, you also hear about <laughs> erectile dysfunction as well as premature ejaculation and all this other shit that comes with chronic porn use. And I mean, those are kind of like on the opposite ends of the extreme, but I feel like lots of dudes who are in Christian circles are probably fucking themselves up in lots of ways. And women are too, you know, the whole pushback against the purity movements being pushed by women yeah, yeah. because they think that when they lose their virginity, they're no longer pure. And there've been testimonies of after they get married, they feel so much shame and guilt around sex as a whole that they don't even have sex with their husbands, even though they now believe it's the right sort of context. They just feel like it's just a bad thing for women to do. And it's like, that's fucking horrible. That's not, you know, that's, that's you're missing out on something that's pretty fun right. and, you know, damaging your marriage in the process, you know? So 
Yeah, yeah, I don't uh, think that uh, yeah. the church has a good take on sexuality. Yeah, I mean, I you know, as a pastor of a a decent sized church, you know, a few hundred people at its peak, um, that might have been one of the main conversations that I had with men in the church, and yeah. and and or couples, uh, some kind of sexual hang up that often stemmed from some kind of weird Christian belief, uh, mm-hmm. the, the guilt and the shame that was carried along, along with it and, and the obsessive porn use or the obsessive masturbation. And, and, you know, I remember there was a, a divorce or two that happened because of porn. What, you know, what they said, again, this is what they said, a porn addiction or, kinds of things. And, you know, now it's like, I don't view if I'm honest. Okay. Let me just be very honest though. I'm not religious at all. I still find porn. Thank God. It's just not my thing. Now, when I was single and younger, when it first came, you know, computers first came around and like whatever. Yes. I, I wanted to see it. I, I really wanted to see it. There was a phase, there was a, not a phase, but like a time in my life where I had a real interest in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I can say now I'm, I'm a normal dude, right. That appreciates different things, but I don't have the interest in it anymore. And there could be a lot of reasons for that. One, I'm in such a wonderful marriage and, and that's great. That, that is a, a big key element, I think. Um, but also my perspective on it changed. Now I don't think it's like evil and the work of the devil. I just don't think that just like drinking, I think it's totally fine to have a cocktail or have a glass of wine, but not to drink a, you know, two or three bottles of wine every night. So to me, I kind of view porn in that way. I think it's okay and it can serve a purpose for a time for something, but, and this is, I'm going to sound religious, but it's like, be careful though, because yeah. it has claws and it, it can get you, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I know I sound like a, a religious preacher right now, but I, I feel like porn is a is a, like, I don't know. It could be a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like you gotta be, gotta be careful. I choose now, now in my life, I choose to not look at porn. I, I don't look at porn anymore. Um, <clears throat> but, and I'm not religious. So clearly I, I don't think, so I don't think if you do watch porn that it's sin, you're going to go to hell. I don't believe any of that. Um, but I, I think that, I, I tell my son, let's put it this way. I tell my son, who's it's 22, I think. I always tell him, hey, buddy, listen, nothing wrong with porn, nothing wrong with seeing it, but let me just, as your dad, <laughs> someone's been there, done that, I don't think it's a good thing. Like, I don't, I, I don't, it's not that I think it's a sinful thing and it's devil. And, no, I don't, I don't believe any of that, but I don't necessarily look at porn as a good thing. I do think it can be dangerous. I do think you got to be careful because it can fuck up your, your brain and 
the way your brain's yeah. connected to your penis, like I think it can fuck you up psychologically. So if you could, I would recommend staying away from it. Yeah. That's, that's what well, I think. Yeah. And I would, uh, I a hundred percent agree. And I think, you know, there is the opposite end of this and that our culture, I think has pushed back maybe too far in the sense of, you know, hookup culture, pornography, the fact that you can get that sort of stimulation and release pretty much whenever you want to, without really having to work for it or, you know, having a real connection with, the person that either you're fantasizing about or that, you know, you're having a one night stand with. It's not that I think that these things in and of themselves are inherently wrong. Um, but if you're doing it a lot, I think you are definitely probably going to change your perspective on relationships. You are going to change yourself chemically because uh, we release pair bonding hormones when we ejaculate. But if you're doing it, in such a way that it's like, this isn't someone I'm going to be with. Eventually your body kind of becomes your brain rewires to the point to where those pair bonding hormones, those intense feelings that you get when you crush on somebody, they kind of stop happening. And uh, you're kind of shortchanging yourself in that way. And then, you know, I think there's also just the cultural perspective of, you know, if you're on chronically on Tinder and you're hooking up multiple times a week with people and that becomes your relationship with the opposite sex, you know, then your relationship with the opposite sex is purely just for your own personal gratification. And I do think that we're seeing kind of, I mean, I don't know, you, I guess you were dating somewhat recently too, but especially amongst people my age and even younger, there's just this sense of everyone is just kind of out for themselves and, and this increase in vanity and, you know, uh, just kind of a hyper fixation on appearances. You know, I would be swiping through Bumble and people would be saying, well, if you're under six foot swipe left. And it's like that Bumble status. Hey, if your waist is, if you're a size, if you're a size three and up swipe left. Like, but it just seems like people are way more flipping about it now. But yeah. yeah, I think that there's an in-between in that you don't have to be some sort of monk, but also going on the far end of the spectrum is probably not going to be good for you either. Yeah. Yeah. I, to me, I think it's it, right. It, it's not about, it's like sugar, right? I, I don't, I don't think sugar is sinful. <laughs> you know, I don't think, I don't <laughs> think God gives a fuck. I mean, if there is a God, right? Like, I don't think God gives a fuck. <laughs> I don't think the universe gives a fuck whether you eat sugar or not. Um, But, but I, I don't think sugar is good and in excess. And I I think you should be careful. Right. So that's how I view porn. I don't think it's evil and bad. I, in fact, bro, I'm, I'm going to be having on my podcast. uh, In fact, this Saturday um, and he's from, he's somewhere in Europe, uh, a former, adult porn star on my podcast, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like he, uh, and, and a successful one, I'll have to, I'll have to look up his name again, his, his performer name and full, full confession here, folks. When, so what happened was I was on YouTube, um, doing what I normally do, which is like watch some different videos. I just, I love watching all kinds of videos. And I saw a podcast and it said, 
um, former adult porn star talks about, you know, the porn industry now that he's out or whatever. And I was like, Ooh, I was like, that, that sounds interesting. You know, like what's he going to say? You know, is it, is, is it damaging? Is it good? Is it bad? You know, I'm just, I was so curious, like what's behind the scenes. So I didn't get a chance to finish the podcast, but I listened to enough of it to go, this guy, actually, this guy's legit. Like he, he seemed like a, he's not in the industry anymore, but he, he now speaks and he talks to men pre, pre, uh, predominantly about sexual issues. And <laughs> it, it's very, it, anyway, so I looked him up on Instagram. I found him. I messaged him and I said, hey, bro, I said, I have a podcast. I would love to have you on my podcast. Anyway, a week later, he got back to me. He said, hey, man, I listened to a couple of your episodes. I'd, I'd love to be on your show. And I was like, sweet. So anyway, this, this Saturday we're going to, uh, we're going to have, I'm going to have him on the podcast. I'm really excited. But anyway, long story short, I did look him up and yep, <laughs> he was a porn star for sure. <laughs> and, and in thousands of, uh, of movies, which I only watched, you know, 90% of them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> after about six hours, you know, I was come like, on. So I'm a big fan yeah. of your work. <laughs> but he had a great dick, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, which is funny. I I can't wait to talk to him about that because obviously I did Google him. I did find some of his stuff, and yeah, he has reasons to be proud, which I'm so curious about because the average size of a, a, a male porn store, a, a the average size of a male porn stars pecker is you know twice the size of the average normal person's <laughs> yeah. you know dick and and you know so yeah this guy is definitely endowed or whatever um which which that in of itself can build insecurities you know it's like clearly you don't get into porn the porn unless you're in micro porn dick you're in porn that's for micro dicks. That's a, I'm, I'm, I've never seen that, but I'm sure it's a thing. Just like there's, there's <laughs> all kinds of weirds. There's dwarf uh, porn or, you know, little yeah, people porn, whatever you call it. Like there's, I believe that's a uh, rule 34 of the internet states that there is porn of it. So anything yeah. you can imagine, there's yes. porn of it. Uh, yeah. There's just everything out there. Um, so anyway, I did verify he is a porn star and he's been in lots of movies and I'm, I'm just, I'm so fascinated by that. Uh, yeah, I just have so many questions to to discuss with him and to to see, yeah, just to see what he says. And he talked to you know the podcast that he did with this other dude. You know that guy had a lot of the same questions that I would would have had and will have and plan on asking him. And uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know why I got off on that except just this guy was a former porn star has done literally uh, over a thousand adult movies and was in the business for many, many years and now is out of the business. And, and uh, yeah. And here's one question that, that I will ask him, but he did get asked this by the other guy. And I thought it was curious. I, he said, do you watch porn? What do you think his answer was? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I feel like it's a trick question now, so I feel like it was no, but yep, that's what I would is. have said. Yep. He yeah. Doesn't, he doesn't watch it anymore or he doesn't actually, he said, I, I, of course I've seen porn. He said, I've, everybody's seen porn. Uh, but once he got into the business, he never watched it. Huh? Yeah. He said he, he just never, 
Like it's not his thing. And here's, he talks about how it messes you up. Just like what we talked about. Like, you know, this isn't just two yahoos, (laughs) you in Springfield, Missouri, me in Kansas city talking about something that no one else, but this guy was a former adult porn star who doesn't watch porn and talks about how it can fuck you up in the, in real relationships. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. 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 I, I can believe it, you know? And I mean, again, it's not necessarily, you know, taking the Christian perspective, attaching right and wrong or evil and good onto it. It's, you know, what you want out of life and whether or not you're doing things that are going to help you achieve those goals. But yeah, for sure. You know, if you're, chronically looking at pornography you're you know masturbating multiple times a day to it it's probably gonna fuck you up you know in some sense and i i have heard uh that you know uh, erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation are both very heavily correlated with chronic porn use and so if you ever hope to have a future relationship with somebody or you're in a relationship with somebody you're kind of doing that relationship a disservice too yeah see that's that's more where i would be now in my in my perspective on it is that if you if a if you're in a relationship i wouldn't do it uh i just wouldn't if if you aren't in a relationship i also would recommend that you don't do it because (laughs) if you're in a relationship it can fuck up the relationship you're in if you're you ever want to be in a relationship you're going to be a little fucked up if if that's if you're doing that all the time it's definitely going to mess up i think women will become more objective to you and more of I just don't think you can maintain a really good view of women and be a chronic porn user, but that's just me. That's just my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, I think definitely chronic is the key there because people definitely will watch porn as a couple sometimes and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're playing with your body's reward system in a way that we haven't been able to, play with that reward system for the vast majority of the time we've been on this planet. So yeah, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that weird things are going to happen. And I mean, there is the whole issue of when you're watching that video, you don't really know the conditions that that model had to go through. I mean, there have been lots of porn stars come forward talking about horribly abusive experiences. Some people have been trafficked. And I mean, I think they've cracked down on that a lot and, now you have a lot of amateur type people producing their own content, oftentimes with a spouse or something like that. But, yeah. uh, you know, that maybe is probably more ethical, but yeah, you don't always know what you're looking at. Right. You're watching that stuff. Here's so. what we support. <laughs> ethical porn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I prefer my porn to be ethical and everyone having a good time. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Enough about masturbation and porn. <laughs> we can, we can change the topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you asked me what my biggest challenge of faith was. What's yours? Gosh, Kyle, that's a good question. I've given that a lot of thought over the last five years. Uh, in fact, I listened to one of my first podcasts, uh, back in 2020, I think, or back to 2021. And I was still in process. I I think I would have still considered myself a quasi Christian at that point, Mm -hmm. just a very open-minded, definitely had kind of left the world of literalism 
Yeah. Like, like I, by that point, I think I was kind of like, okay, maybe Noah didn't actually build an ark single-handedly, you know, like maybe Jonah didn't actually live in the belly of a whale for three or for a large fish for, I want to be, bigger, the, I want to be biblically correct here. Uh, but he wasn't living in the, in the belly of a large fish for three days. You know, maybe that, you know, like I started, maybe the sun didn't stand still, you know, um, so I was already beginning to to walk away from that uh, literal view of of scripture, but gosh, probably my, my biggest the biggest challenge to my faith, like you, gosh, it was just so many things that culminated. But I guess if yeah. I had to, if I had to answer what the biggest piece was. It was, I, I just opened my eyes. I quit, I quit trying to convince myself of, of things and, and trying to make sense of things that just didn't make sense. Like I, I decided that if that looks not true, then I'm going to allow it to not look true. You know, does that make sense? Like I'm, yeah. I'm done saying that dinosaur bones aren't real. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I guess for me, it was when fact confronted my faith. Yeah. That's, I think that yeah. that sounds pretty like you could quote that, but it, for me, it was, yeah, it was when facts confronted, um, confronted my, my faith and, it was the book Sapiens by Gaval Norera, however you say his name. It was that book when I, I, I didn't know that there were other species of humans. I wasn't even aware that we knew that humans go back 300,000 years. You know, I just, I yeah, thought that was all, I thought that was all theories. Or yeah, potentially, but for sure, at least a hundred thousand, I think that's like, we know for sure, for sure, a hundred years or a hundred thousand years. Yeah. And that just, that conflicted with what I believed and like the age of the earth. It's not that we think that the earth is ancient. Like we know that it is. And I decided that I was no longer going to say, you can't trust these scientists weren't around a hundred thousand years. They don't know that they're just basing it upon this and that and the other and carbon dating's not real. You know, like I was, I was that type of Christian, right? I know that you don't, you don't, you only understand that because your friends or people that you were the world you were in, you had met people like me. Well, bro, I was that guy. I was <laughs> the guy that denied evolution. I, I, I had these preconceived ideas. Here's, I'll tell you what I believed because I, I remember what I believed. I believed that evolution was a theory based upon a molar, the discovery of a molar. Of a molar? Yeah, dude, I don't know. This is just, I remember, I'm this dude, the, like I said, the unfortunate thing is, is my sermons are out there on the internet. So people, people could like find, you just, I don't even know if I want people to do this, but like you could find my sermons out there. Um, especially if you, if you go to Vimeo, not, not, not Venmo, the money app, 
But Vimeo, yeah, Vimeo, the old. Uh... Yeah, Vimeo. I I think my church is, which I'm not going to tell anybody the name of that, but my church is still. I don't know how to take it down. I forgot the password. I forgot the email that it's associated with. I don't even have access to that anymore. Well, I know what I'm spending my afternoon doing. Yeah, yeah. So you can watch, you know, old <laughs> sermons and and find out. And I was I was definitely still a very progressive evangelical, but I I was yeah. a conservative. I admitted to believing that Jonah was swallowed by a large fish. I I admitted that hey, I know it doesn't make sense. I know it seems crazy, but I believe Noah built the ark. Like, and that's how I would even say it. I would say, I know it seems crazy, but I believe that. The sun did stand still like, like I really, so I was able to kind of skirt past it because I would say, I know it seems crazy, but I just choose to believe God's word, you know, whatever. So, so I was that guy. And so my biggest challenge was when I was just confronted with facts and knowledge of things that weren't evolution. Isn't based off the discovery of a molar of an, of an ancient human. Like we had full, we have full skeletons, you know, and, we, and, we and do. Neanderthals, <laughs> yeah, Neanderthals are like, they're not a theory. They're a fucking fact. In fact, I'm 2% yeah, Neanderthal, you know, now that I've done 23 and me, like I have 2% Neanderthal, you know, so all of a sudden I'm just faced Kyle. That's what it was. I think it was the facts that were, conflicting with my faith and I didn't know what to do. And I, I oppose being ignorant. I don't, I don't want to seem ignorant. I don't, and that's just, and this is something for real, for real that I struggle with even to this day. Like I don't want to be perceived as ignorant. I don't want to be perceived as a moron. I don't want to be perceived as someone that's stupid. And I just felt like I couldn't believe those things and not be stupid. Like if I still believe those things, <laughs> I was, and I'm sorry, I, I, you know what? I'm just talking about my own story. So please, please, please. Yeah. If you're a Christian out there and you believe that I'm just talking about my own internal struggle. And that's what it was is I, I did dude. I didn't want to be the guy that's saying the earth is flat and we didn't land on the moon. Like I didn't want to be that person anymore as it related to things of faith. Did you ever feel like you were kind of fighting a losing battle? In what sense? What do you like you were? Cause I, I just remember having this feeling sometimes, especially when I stepped outside of my Christian, you know, group and I would talk about these things. Like it just felt like I was waving a flag for the losing side of a war, you know, like Christianity is on the decrease. And a lot of the things that Christians believe as we become more educated and we're not necessarily as ignorant to, to the facts about science, things definitely kind of seem to be on the out. And so like when I was, you know, trying to preach or, you know, even engaging in apologetics, it just kind of felt like, in my gut, I was kind of just on the wrong side. And I knew that some of this was kind of hokey. And I did kind of just feel like I was fighting the good fight for a battle that I was inevitably going to lose, even if it's a hundred years from now or whatever. Yeah. I fully understand your question now. Yes. And 
to your point, I remember thinking about, I forget who it was. You'll know who it was, who discovered that, that we travel around the sun, not the sun around us or whatever it is. What, yeah, like, I don't know. Copernicus? Maybe it was Copernicus. Yeah, I don't remember the, the ancient physics guys very well. But, but, but remember, the, I, I know the gist of the story is whenever they, dis, whenever he discovered it, he was, you know, considered a, a heretic and he was considered, yeah. you know, all these things. And then he ended up, he was right. <laughs> You know, in other words, yeah. this strong held belief that everybody had ended up being wrong. And so, yeah. yes, Kyle, that's a great, great thing to discuss. And I'm glad you asked that. Mm -hmm. I, I wish I'd have thought of it myself. Yes, that was how I felt. I felt like I'm believing a lie. Like I've been, I've given myself to something that's not true and, and, and in, the, in the sense of factual, like that, like that, like the story about the, you know, isn't that right? I, I don't know astrology. It, don't we go around the sun? We, we do go okay, around okay. the sun. Yeah. So, but that, it's like that. Everybody, it was common knowledge that the earth was the center of the universe and everything, right? So that was once fully believed, fully taught, fully supported. It, like it was the truth, quote unquote. Right. So yeah. that's what, yes, that is what exactly how I felt is that I was believing as truth, something that wasn't actually true. And with that, I would say, I really do believe there will come a time where everybody will know that and there'll be very few there like just like today there's some flat earthers but all of us normal people are just roll our eyes like oh my <laughs> those God. guys are idiots yeah, yeah like those guys are idiots i i really do believe um and i know my christian friends get mad at me because it sounds so i don't know dickish to say and i i just i it's just you know some of my dear friends including me so i was there um, but yeah, that's how I believe it. I, I believe at some point there will be a few people that are holding a remnant, if you will, which they, some prophetic teachers will say that that's all part of biblical prophecy. Remnant, yeah. yeah. There'll be a remnant that will still hold on to the teachings of the Bible. But I believe at one, at some point it, it will literally be a thing of the past, just like there are religions that were around 10,000 years ago that aren't around anymore. I yeah. believe that Christianity it's it's a modern day belief system in, in God or in the way things work and it will be extinct. It will go extinct. And, yeah. uh, now, not in our lifetime, not in my kid's lifetime, probably. It's going to take a, a long time. Um, but that's just my view. I, guys, I could be wrong. But that that I feel very strongly about that. Like, I feel if I could project myself into the future, I don't know, a thousand years, Christianity will not be a thing. Yeah. I don't think. What do or you very think? Very small, at least. I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, if trends continue as they are, religion, uh, the whole world is becoming more secular. And uh, like even Islamic countries are becoming uh, more secular, are becoming, are secularizing at a rate faster than 
Western countries are. And so, yeah, I mean, it definitely seems to be pointing in the direction of a very secular future. But, you know, like if there's an apocalyptic event, we kind of get set back a little bit. I don't know. New religions may pop back up. And with information being how it is now where you can access things, it might keep things alive. Might keep those holdouts alive longer than what it would have been a few thousand years ago. Because a few thousand years ago, a religion that died away, you know, a hundred years prior to the time you were born, you probably would have never heard of it. Whereas now we got Google, you know, so it's hard to say exactly how technology will preserve religion and what happens to us socially. But yeah, I mean, if we continue on the same track that we are right now, it does definitely seem like Christianity and religion and things like that will definitely be gone at some point. Well, it's just like, if you go back far enough in the, past like if, if i could you know if, if we could teleport right now back ten thousand let's just go twenty five thousand years ago actually yeah. first let's let's just play a little game first if we're going to teleport anywhere i want to teleport back to when they were building the pyramids to find out how the fuck they did it so that i would know <laughs> and then i'd be like okay write that down kyle let's write that down we, we saw what's up let's take some pictures take some video okay now let's teleport somewhere else uh, so i'd want to go back like i don't know twenty five thousand years I would be curious. What are they teaching then? What are they believing then? Because Christianity would not even be. No, it's not. That's what I don't think people understand. To me, if Christianity was true, then if you teleported 50,000 years ago, it would be true then. But that's just it. It's just a constructed belief system that you teleport 25,000 years in the past. That's not a thing. That's not a thing at all. No, and realistically, I mean, there seems to be a lot of evidence that, or maybe not a lot, but at least an argument out there that a lot of the early religious experiences were probably brought to us by psychedelics. You know, so you go back 25,000 years ago, they're probably not even believing in Jesus. And not only are they not believing in Jesus, they're doing drugs. (laughs) So you're going to offend a lot of Christians. (laughs) (laughs) Which that's a fascinating, that's a fascinating conversation. Here's something I used to say when I was a Christian. Just you, what you just tell me what you think of this and what, what it makes you think of. I re- used to say this, a world whenever, cause Christianity has been on the decline or religion, if you will, organized religions for like a long time. So it was even happening mm-hmm. when I was a hardcore Christian. And here's something I used to yeah. say, a world with no God is not a world I want to live in. What do you think of that when I say that? Uh, I mean, when I was a Christian, I don't know how I would have felt about that. Because uh, my very my thing was I was very apolitical as a Christian, and I feel like a lot of people said that to like, at least in my context, I, I had heard a lot of people say that to like sway people's votes one way or another. Because, uh, you know, we're one nation under God. And I'm like, that's, you saw what happened with the Jews, right? That wasn't great. So I don't know if we want to be that. But uh, yeah, now it's like when you see all of the wars and abuse and just things that have happened because of religion, uh, you know, I don't know if I can really get behind that sentiment, you know, right. uh, a world without God. 
we'd have a lot less to fight about. No, it's not to say that we wouldn't have anything to fight about. We're still going to be tribalistic in nature, but we wouldn't fight about a lot of silly stuff. And that's not to say that I don't think we don't need rules. You know, I think that's what religion did provide for us and why it's been found everywhere in humans. But yeah, some of the rules are dumb and outdated. <laughs> I don't think that if your belief in God causes you to hold on to those outdated beliefs, uh, that a world without God is suddenly going to be worse than a world with, quote, you know, your God. But that's but, what I thought when I would say that, that in my mind, that a world without God is a world of chaos and murder and rape. And like, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah. and, and but just because I thought that, you know, to me, like I believed it. I didn't just think it. I believed it wholeheartedly that, you know, you take God out of the earth, man. It's just it's a fucking barbaric place. And the reality is. It's kind of like it's barbaric anyway. <laughs> but yeah. It's like on so many levels. And also sometimes it's encouraged. By right, your God. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, yeah, you look at right. I mean, you just look at the Bible. It's like, wow, God was pretty barbaric. Dude, I know I send you these. You and I send these to each other back and forth. That one dude that goes around and interviews various uh, <laughs> pro life. Yeah, <laughs> pro life or not. And he's like, so you know, puts the microphone in there. He's like, why do you think? It was God pro-life. And they're like, absolutely. God views every child as precious. And he knew you when you're in your mother's womb. And then he goes, well, didn't God kill the firstborn of every Egyptian? <laughs> yeah. What about during the flood? How many babies drowned then? And Unborn like, children still in their mother's wombs? Oh, my God, dude. I literally find those so funny because it's so obvious. It's so like. And I used to be that kind of Christian, you yeah. know, like I used to be that. And when I see those things now, it just, I look back at the way, going back to what I talked about, about living for me, for me, feeling like I was living ignorantly was like that. It's like, those are so funny because it makes those people look so ignorant. You're, you're saying you're serving God because God's pro-life and that God cares about children. Yet you read in the Bible where God He's is killing people killing all the damn time. Yeah. He's, when he wipes out a city, it's not just the, the grown men. He's wiping out every man, woman, and child. Right. But, but, but telling you to keep the virgin. What was that yeah. about? Like what's Take that them about? for your wives. Gosh. Low key kind of commanding rape here and there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. And I think so many Christians are just so far removed from that, that they just, they, they don't connect the dots. Cause I mean, you know, we're living in modern society. No one's pillaging <laughs> and all that other shit. So it's like, you're not thinking about it. And then you hear about it. It's like, well, that's just what they did back then. And it's like, but God yeah, condoned but, it. It's like, that's the part about yeah. it's like, well, yeah, God didn't explicitly like say you had to have slaves. It's like, yeah, but it's peppered throughout the Bible how you should treat your slaves. Okay. And he could have easily said, don't have them. He could have easily said, hey, don't rape the women and, you know, don't kill all the children. I mean, there are lots of things he could have said that would have been more moral. And they just kind of got omitted. 
because it wouldn't have fit with the times, but it's like, well, if he's God and he can protect his people and if they can't compete with other nations because they're more ethical, then can't God just, you know, blast their armies if they start attacking Israel? You know, there just seems to be so many different ways he could have handled it better. Yeah. And he didn't. Well, Sam Harris had a great argument one time. and I, I really have enjoyed watching a lot of debates just to kind of help where my thoughts are and what I'm thinking and see what other people thinking. And plus I just, I love good debates, but he said something about that. There's nothing. He's like, there's nothing really divine in the Bible. He's like, yeah, there's some great thoughts or some neat stories that he said, but there's really nothing. He said, there's some even forward thinking thoughts in there. He said, but there's nothing divine. He said, why wouldn't God have right from the very beginning say, Hey guys, wash your hands before you cut anybody open to do any kind of surgery or Hey guys, midwives, when you're delivering babies, make sure you wash your hands. Like like there's, there's all these, and that's just such a minute thing, but it's like, why wasn't there some really profound, important things mentioned early on to help humanity when it comes to death, disease, <laughs> starvation, <laughs> like all the, all the just simple little things that now we know, but if God is all knowing, wouldn't he know the fucking things that we know in 2024? Wouldn't God have known that back in 10,000 BC? And the answer is, well, yeah, if, if God really is real, like it is in the Bible and all that. Yeah. The God of the Bible would have known what we know today. Why the fuck didn't he tell anybody anything? That just doesn't <laughs> well, even make you know, sense. The argument I used to counter with is like, well, they just wouldn't have understood it. But then like I've read other mythology now and like that shit's fucking weird. I mean, if you read any like Scandinavian myths or anything like that, uh-uh. they believe their gods were born from the sweat of an armpit of a giant. Like, <laughs> I mean, so you couldn't tell me that you couldn't have just told early people if you were God that, yeah, yeah evolution's a thing. The earth's actually billions of years old. Yeah, it would have sounded wild, but a lot of these other religious experiences also sound pretty fucking wild. So. I don't know. You think, yeah, he could have just imparted actual facts to people and morals that would be relevant throughout the ages. And instead you just get a book that is very much a product of its time. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, that doesn't make it sound very divine like Sam Harris said. So, all right. I got a couple more questions for you and I just want to hear what you say. All right. Where does God come from? What, what is God really in your mind? What, what is this? I mean, I think God in my mind is uh, in part a rationalization of, you know, predominantly early people. And that belief is just stuck of where the earth has come from or where, you know, all these different elements to existence are coming from and what is governing them. Um, because, you know, if you have polytheistic religions, you have pantheistic and animistic religions. And then I think, you know, I think spirituality in and of itself was maybe our most early form of psychotherapy. Um, the rituals, the customs, I think they all kind of give us some degree of release. Um, 
And so I think that that was important. Sorry, my cat's like mauling me. Um, uh, and then I think, you know, that small, still voice that Christians talk about, but is certainly not unique to Christianity and is not even unique to spirituality, you know, something that people hear in meditation. I think in a lot of ways is probably just us, our intuition, our gut, you know, our, our subconscious in some way, maybe we're trying to connect with. And so I don't think that there is any metaphysical God or gods or spiritual entities necessarily. Um, it's not so much that I, I say that I know absolutely there isn't those things. It's just to say that I'm not, seen any evidence that confirms them yeah yeah beyond a shadow of a doubt and so yeah i mean i think god to me is just uh a kind of in some instances a necessary social construct and in other instances a very outdated and potentially damaging social construct maybe on an individual psychological psychological level a good way to get past issues but uh you know we have other methods now that can help us to do so. Yeah. What is the Bible? Uh, the Bible is definitely just a work of people uh, writing their own mythology, writing their own mythic history. Cause a lot of the Bible is, you know, sort of Hebrew nationalism and them being a chosen people. And, you know, here are all their successes and the things that they've done. And uh, I don't think that that, in and of itself is wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's the inspired word of God. Uh, I think the inspired word of God would certainly have a lot more accuracies, a lot more, uh, senses of morality that would age a little better. And yeah, I mean, it just seems like a work created by people. And I've read other mythologies, and they also seem like works created by people, and they don't seem all that different from the Bible. What is the purpose of life? Whatever you want it to be. I mean, you know, I think that's the freedom of not being a Christian, is that your life's purpose is what you choose. And uh, in some sense, you know, that's liberating. In some sense, maybe for some people, that that can be difficult. I can say that my life's purpose as a Christian and what I'd seen with a lot of other people, a lot of times is a double-edged sword. Yeah. You have this purpose driven life, but you never feel like you really live up to the full potential of it. And I think, you know, initially when I stepped away from Christianity and I went through some depression and uh, dealt with some things because I didn't feel like, my life was really important or mattered and kind of went through a nihilistic phase. But, you know, I came out on the other side of that saying, there's actually a lot of things in my life that I can and do derive purpose from family, friends, you know, even a career to some extent, though I think that's maybe too much of a fixation for a lot of people today. But, you know, I think, uh, yeah, your purpose in life is what you choose it to be. Yeah. Uh, speaking of life, intelligent life in the universe, do you, A, think there is intelligent life out there and B, do you think it will discover anything? Do you think we will discover anything in uh, our lifetimes? I mean, I do think it's guaranteed that there is life out there. Um, 
And if there is life out there, then it's only a matter of probability that there's intelligent life out there. Uh, with the things that the government's been releasing, uh, I mean, there's a guy now who was an intelligence officer and he's saying that the government has declassified information about, you know, having biological material uh, from, you know, and I mean, all that sounds out there and the government's lied about this stuff before. So there is an element of skepticism, but I, I certainly think it's possible that we could meet intelligent life in our lifetime, uh, especially if the things that these uh, government officials are saying are true. Yeah. Well, I definitely, yeah. And you know, it's funny and that funny that that's not that out there now. I mean, it's, you, you yeah. hear it everywhere. It's everybody's talking about now, even on the governmental level, I mean, they're having Congress gathered to talk about, I mean, it's so yeah. okay to talk about it, you know, 20 years ago or even maybe 10 years you were, ago. You yeah. were, <laughs> like, oh, he believes in alien abduction and being alienly probed. I mean, it sounds crazy, but nowadays yeah. it, it's, it doesn't sound so, uh, so out there. I, I agree with you. I, I think that um, even even if it's rare, that's the part because the universe is so vast. Because when you think of oh, yeah. what's the chances of you winning the lottery, you know, one in a billion, which basically means you're not going to ever, ever win it. But when you think about the rarity when in terms of there's billions and billions and billions of galaxies with billions and billions and billions of planets and stars and billions, but like all of a sudden the rarity of it's rare one in a billion chance, which in my mind means it'll never happen in a, in a, in a, in an ever expanding universe. <laughs> like it's actually certain that there's yeah. life out there. It's just a matter of when and where and how we discover that if we ever do, because again, the er, the universe is so vast. And when we talk about the universe, you know, they talk about the observable universe. That, mm -hmm. like, yeah, it could be infinite. Like, it, 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 yeah, it, it could just be. And infinite. not only that, now they think there's potentially even an infinite number of universes. So, you know, you just compound that factor by even more. You yeah, know that. We've got hundreds of millions of galaxies in the universe. Each of those galaxies have hundreds of billions of stars. Each of those stars have planets around them. Yeah, there's probably millions of planets with life. And then that's just in this universe. And if there's any way to travel between them, you know, and, you know, maybe we're getting into like some outlandish sci-fi type stuff now. But yeah, there's definitely other life that exists. Yeah. And that's the, the that to me is when, all religions uh, become in question. I mean, it's it's like yeah. I've said this before, but like if we do in encounter intelligent life and there is a way that we can communicate, I guarantee you they don't have a Bible. <laughs> I mean, if they did, then okay, then I'll be like, you know what? Maybe it is true. But it's that you know that goes back to Sam Harris's argument or uh, Gervais. Uh, about, you know, if you, if you destroy everything, truth will come back, you know, scriptures and all that stuff will be yeah. different, you know, but what's true will still be true. Gravity will still be gravity, you know, quantum fit, all the stuff that we can test and it's verifiable will still come back and be true again. Whereas religion will be all different. And so you, you consider discovering life, intelligent life on another planet. And they have an entirely 
different origin story. They have an entirely different evolutionary story. They have an entirely different because they would know different things, but what's true, you know, would would, still be true. It'd still be, it'd still be true, but I guarantee you the religious, whatever religious precepts and ideas they have, whatever origin stories they have, it's not going to be the same as ours. (laughs) No, no, but their science probably would be, especially if they're traveling to our planet, you know? Right. I mean, they still have to have an understanding of physics that works. Right. You know, so, I mean, even in that sense, it kind of goes to further your point of saying, yeah, uh, you know, you strip away, you set back to zero, we're going to rediscover all the same things. Well, more than likely, you know, life on other planets, especially if it's intelligent and it's traveling around the galaxy, they've discovered probably a lot of the same thing, uh, scientific discoveries that we have. You know, they have to have some sort of understanding of physics if they're shooting spaceships off into outer space. So, yeah, I mean, and yeah, they would definitely have different religious views. And I think that also kind of highlights the limitations of a lot of our spiritual beliefs here on planet Earth is that they're ignorant to a lot of things that you would expect people to have been ignorant about in the time frame in which they were written, you know, not a lot of aliens in the Bible. Right. Now people may make the argument that, you know, the, the sure, it's a fire. wheels with eyes or yeah, <laughs> definitely some weird shit in the Bible, but they weren't looked at like aliens. They were looked at like angels. They were supernatural entities. And yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, there, I, you know, it's funny. I, it, I find people's, uh, especially like Christians, they, um, how can I say this? It's, it's so interesting how they, for some reason, ignore or allow themselves to be unaware of how even their own religion has evolved and how they, you know, when things really, really change how, you know, now the Catholic church is like, it's okay for them for homosexual like that. It's like (laughs) they keep having to shuffle the nutty beliefs and say, okay, like we're not going to continue to be relevant. If we continue to say that a white person can't marry a black person, you know, cause like I'm, I'm, I've been around long enough to remember that being taught when I was young in the church I was in. So yeah. You know, so then it, you know, then they were like, okay, no, that's okay. And then now, you know, a man can't be with a man. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Let's stop talking about that. Now it's like, but okay, why? it's, it, uh, it's just like, it keeps progressing and, and there's still diehards out there. I mean, there's still diehard mm-hmm. people that still even are very racist and all that as well. Like they haven't progressed, but it's like the modern day Christian somehow can't recognize that their version of what they claim to be the gospel truth and God changes not. And the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever that that's just not true. Like your God, your Bible, your views, your faith is a modern day spin on a 2000 year old religion. Like 2000 oh, years ago, kind of, it was so different. 
Yeah, yeah, and that was kind of the thing that that might have been the the straw that really did break the camel's back because and I've maybe talked about this before. I'm glad that Christians modernize their views because I prefer the modern view over the not modern one. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can't say a thousand years ago they were what they were letting women preach in the church. You know, you can't say a thousand years ago there were they weren't trying to kill homosexuals. You can't. I mean, so all these standards that we've tried to modernize and make more palpable to the masses and make more palpable to ourselves, like that's not in the Bible and that's not how it's been. That's not how it's been practiced for the majority of its existence. And we're just trying to find excuses to make the Bible a modern document. And it's not. Yeah. And I think for me, I couldn't, I couldn't deny that any longer, especially because I believed in theistic evolution. I believed in an old earth. I believed that, you know, women, my, my pastor was a woman. I believe that, you know, I did support, well, I supported the legalization of gay marriage. I probably wouldn't have said if you were gay to go out and live that lifestyle, but I, I didn't believe the government had any right to stop you. And I was kind of also trying to soften up on that too. And, you know, there were just lots of different things that contradicted biblical principles that I convinced myself were okay. And I think for a good reason, you know, empathy or the desire for truth. But yeah, at a certain point, you just got to call it for what it is. It's inaccurate. The Bible isn't, you know, what you think it is. It's a document written by people 2,000 years ago. And yeah. it comes from their perspective and their sense of morality and the knowledge basis they had. And uh, we know a lot more. Yeah. And we have a different lifestyle than we did then. And you know, now there there is no reason as to why we should give a shit who's fucking who as long as they're both consenting adults. Right. And that was something that wasn't even in the Bible. I mean, you know, I think Mary was what thirteen according to Catholic tradition when she married Joseph, a full ass man, you know. So I mean Yeah. Yeah, lot lot of lot of squirrely stuff. I, I remember getting uh critical feedback <laughs> um when I started saying, you know, as I was beginning to become more and more liberal in my theological perspective, I'd say, you know, God, he or she, whatever. I had people that took me, took, took, took me to task on that. They're like, God is a male. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) like, what are you, what are you talking about? God is a male. You literally think God has a dick, like God has a a fucking penis. Like you really believe that? (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, is written in the masculine. It's, it's, it's like written in the masculine. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Who wrote the Bible? Dudes, like guys wrote the Bible. Of course, the God that they're going to create is going to be male. You know, well, and it all happens. It all comes down to, I think they called it headship. So uh, God is the head of all creation. Uh, well, God is the head of us. Well, Christ is technically the head of us. God is the head of the, the Trinity. Then we're the head of creation, and men are the head of the household kind of thing. So yeah. because men have that headship position, that leadership position, <laughs> of course, God also has to be a man. So Right. And I've even heard women, like, 
specifically Christian women that they're, they, they buy into that, that, you know, yeah. the, the man is the head, you know, and therefore they also don't, they wouldn't support a female president. Um, yeah. you know, it's just interesting, you know, it's, and I've known of women that even are like, oh yeah, women, women can't be pastors. And it's just like, whoa, yeah. that's just so curious. Yeah. I mean, my, uh, I think my pastor got quite a bit of flack at different points in her ministry. And, uh, she actually took over the church from her husband who was a pastor. And, uh, what happened yeah, to die? I mean, do what Did he die? No, no, no. He just, uh, he went on, he, I think he's, started teaching at a college and so when he decided to teach she wanted to step up as pastor of the church and, oh uh, so did. he's still he yeah. was still her husband yep oh, yep they're cool. still together still together yeah that's so cool she's still the pastor uh i think they both teach now they are no longer at that church not for any bad reason i think they just uh moved off to uh, a different state yeah but they were, they were a pastor at the church down, at a church down here in Springfield that I used to go to life okay. 360 intercultural. Okay. Great church. I still will rep them. They, uh, really big on outreach, really big on helping people doing good things in the community. So, yeah. well, that's a good part to probably end on. I, 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 and we did a podcast on this, you and I already talking about just some of the things that we held dear and some of the things that we remember, for the most part, um, I believe Christians mean well, pastors even yeah. mean well, and, and, you know, they believe it. And I know this is true. I believed yeah. it. I wouldn't have, and that's why I'm not teaching anymore because I didn't believe it anymore. And I, I'm, I'm not a hypocritical type person, at least not on purpose. And I couldn't teach it anymore because I didn't believe it anymore. But when I was in the thick of it, I was very genuinely, sincerely convinced of, of the things that I taught. And, yeah. and that's why, you know, circling all the way back to the very beginning of this podcast, there just came a point where I, things were starting to unravel in my belief system and which is, I also find it curious that someone can, you know, spend 80 years on earth and they're a hardcore Christian for the entire time. That's so interesting yeah. to me. I, I, I don't know what that phenomenon is because, except unless, you know, there, I talked to one Christian not too long ago and they said, well, I said, I said, oh, there's this great book. You ought to read it. And they're like, oh, I don't read anything but the Bible. That's how. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I haven't taken in any new information. <laughs> so clearly that, you know, that's a, that clearly would be a problem if, if you're yeah. only reading the Bible. Well, of course you're, you're, you're 100%. And I find those people to not be functioning at any kind of a, I've never met a hardcore Christian that didn't have some kind of weird something going on and not, not, that's not true of everybody, but just my personal encounter. Like I know someone I just met with a, a client of mine and, you know, loves God, believes in all this stuff. And he's got a hardcore, you know, some addictions 
And it, yeah. I, it's just, it's so curious to me. I, I just find it so curious that, wow, you claim to be connected to the God of the universe and, and you can come, you confess to be the, the, the savior of the world and God's son lives in your heart and the Holy spirit is also speaking to you. Why can't your life be any better? I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like I, it just, I don't, it's hard for me to reconcile that. And, and I don't say that like I'm perfect and I'm not saying that. I just mean, it's just fascinating. It'd be like meeting, you know, a health and fitness instructor who's 400 pounds. It, it just doesn't recon reconcile in my brain that here you are claiming to be connected to the, to the ruler of the universe. And yet your life is in shambles and it's crazy. I don't know, man. I, I maybe I sound like a dick. I, I really, I, maybe I do. Maybe well, I, I mean, a dick. I, I hope I don't want to be that way. But that's always been a very curious thing to me. There is a strong, I, I, I'm going to maybe sound like a dick too, but there is, there was a study done that did show that, you know, education and lack of education and religious views tend to go hand in hand. And of course, lack of education and drug addiction, lack of education, you know, it correlates with a lot of other things. Uh. And so, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that your belief in Christianity causes lack of education or, or, or whatever, but just generally speaking, if you're in these sort of maybe impoverished communities or communities that have a lot of addiction or things like that, belief in God is typically high. Education is also typically low. And yeah, you know, struggles, all those things correlate seemingly very heavily. And so I'm not saying that yeah, religion makes you stupid or causes, or, you know, inherently you're religious because you're uneducated or, you know, any of that stuff. Of course. But if you are uneducated, generally your life is going to be harder. And you do typically, are, you are more typically going to have religious views as well. Yeah. I interviewed a an author of a book that I can't remember that I can't remember her name and I can't remember the author of the book, but I don't, maybe you remember, I did a podcast with this lady who wrote a book about the, yeah. I think it's called the evangelical world, the evangelicals are taking over the world or something. And, and she actually said what you just said. She said that the, the statistics show that where the higher, the religious, the, the less educated. Um, and that, that's fascinating. You know, that it's yeah. just fascinating. Now, clearly I, I know a lot of my Christian friends, they're brilliant, super smart. Um, and, and they are educated, um, for sure. You know, I mean, there's scientists who are Christian. I've watched one. Yeah, yeah one, it know. definitely happens. Yeah. But I think, you know, some to your point and, you know, even talking about how can you be 80, you live 80 years on this planet and believe that, you know, I think, I'll be interested to see how many people who are being born right now into religious homes are still going to be religious when they're 80. Cause an 80 year old today, like they grew up when a lot of things that you and I have learned, we're not being taught in school, you know? And so 
they're going to Sunday school every Sunday, then they're going to class and they're not hearing a lot of the things that we, we had heard. So them growing up and keeping with those beliefs, not really adopting, you know, all the new beliefs because it just, it's new, it's different. It's not what you're used to. It's not what you were taught. It's not what you knew to be true that I can kind of get, but for sure, as time goes on and we do continue to educate, I do have to wonder if we're going to have those as many lifers in Christianity as we do now. Yeah. Well, even in my my job as a wedding officiant, what couples said to me 25 years ago and what they and their religious perspectives and their commitments and all the different things is a lot different today. You know, like I meet a lot of couples who come from religious ish homes, but they're not religious. Um, Whereas yeah, 25 years ago, most the weddings I was doing at that time, they weren't maybe hardcore religious, but yeah, it was just, it, it, there's no, I am old enough now that I've seen a shift. Um, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because I've shifted so much. And so what I look at, what I read, what I see is, is so different because I'm looking at different things. I'm reading different things. I'm allowing myself to, to explore things that I would have never even explored, um, yeah. back then. Um, so I'm being exposed to things that I just never would have been exposed to. And, but I find that helpful in in my life. Again, I, I, when I talk to an Uber hardcore literist Christian, I feel like I'm talking to a person who's out of touch, you know, with reality that they're, they're just not quite up with the times and their views, their views seem like old school to me. Like, do you still have a rotary phone on your kitchen wall? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that, I'm sorry, but it's just kind of like, it's like, do you still use a floppy disk to, you know? And I know I I sound being funny on purpose, but it's like, that's, that's what I think. It's like, that's how I feel um, when I'm having discussions with people that are hardcore, but I've, very rarely meet someone in their twenties, early twenties, especially who is there's a, there's, I've met some for sure. I've met some, but I've not met too many 20 somethings that are hardcore Bible thumpers. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, even in a lot, yeah, I think a lot of times there's more of a nominal belief, like they're, they're Christians and they, they go to church, but you know, they're they're living together with their uh, their boyfriend or their girlfriend or whatever, and so they're not yeah doing the hardcore stuff anymore. Yeah. Where no sex, no you know kissing, no holding hands. Yeah, they're doing the poop hole uh, loophole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, the that poop-hole. is literally the funniest thing I've heard in a while. Oh God! You dude. should, uh, yeah, you should look up God's loophole by Golf Uncle Notes. I think you'll get a kick out of that. Oh, it's on I YouTube. Will, I will look it up. Well, dude, Kyle, man, I I so appreciate you. I'm glad we got to to chat. Um, I I hope that uh, that I get to uh, to see you, you know, sometime again in in Kansas City. And again, I know we got to connect. 
we connected when you came in last time, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. That was a couple of weeks Dude, ago. I literally I had a little fart, brain fart. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought we did. Did we not? Yeah. I don't know why. Like literally all of a sudden I just had this little blank space and I'm like, crap, did I see him? I thought I did. Uh, that's yeah. It right. came up, uh, I think January 6th or something like that. Okay. Okay. Well, I last visited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, always such a joy to see you even when we're not recording. Uh, but also yeah, I just, I like your, true. I like your brain and I, I just, and on, honestly, it's, it's kind of, for me, when I talk to you, it's kind of therapeutic. It's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of these yeah. thoughts I have, and of course I talk to my wife about a lot of this. Um, sure, sure. and, and yeah, clearly we talk about everything, but, uh, but it's always just, it's nice to connect with someone, um, that, that doesn't share all my views, but but you kind of understand where I've come from because you also come from uh, that right. world too. And you're a good dude. Just to be honest with you, if you weren't a good dude, I, well, I wouldn't be friends with you and I wouldn't be having you on the yeah. podcast. You know, I mean, I, I, you're a genuinely good guy and uh, oh, I feel, yeah, I genuinely feel honored to to call you a friend and, and look forward to, to uh, staying in touch over the years. And, and one yeah, day, feelings mutual. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and one day getting to uh, baptize your kids and lead them to Christ. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll be, uh, well, I don't think we'll be taking them to church. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> 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 well, dude, I love you. And uh, I hope you and uh, Brittany are doing great there in Springfield, Missouri, the the Mecca of of church. The, the, AG, the, yeah. the belt, the buckle of the belt is is there or close by there branson maybe is, is even more so but i don't know well we have the national office for the assembly of god here so oh, um, wow. uh, there you the, go. they call it the big blue mecca yeah that's awesome all right dude well hey have a great rest of your day and uh tell the wife i said hello and i'll see you soon we'll do too man yeah you too man yeah you bet